Welcome, everyone, to episode 100 of the RF Generation Collector Cast. 100 episodes. This has been quite a journey. Uh, love these two guys. Wouldn't want to do it with anyone else. Wouldn't have it any other way. Chris, happy to be here with you. Kelsey, happy to be here with you. How have you guys uh, been doing, and how do you feel about 100? Um, Surprisingly, it's doesn't seem like it's been as long as it has been. <laughs> but uh, I was thinking about the other day because I was going through. Okay, just to tell you a little something, right? I, I had to work today. It's Saturday. We usually record on Saturday. I had to work today. So I'm bored because I just have to be there for some support and stuff. So I actually cleaned out my, my personal inbox, like Gmail. You know, you don't ever do that. But I was seeing like some of our like emails and stuff from like, you know, 10 years ago or whatever, you know, when some of the stuff yeah. was gone. So yeah, been, wow. Deleted those? You didn't like print them out and send them to the Smithsonian? I, mean, I didn't say I deleted those. I was oh, just cleaning okay. out my inbox. <laughs> yeah, it's nuts because like, same thing, like I'm a really bad kind of like judge it like i'm always impressed with people who like they're talking about something that happened a while ago and they're like oh yeah like that was august of 94 i'm pretty sure it was a wednesday and i'm like i am very envious of that skill it is not one i possess and same thing for the future like when like right now you know being july if someone's like oh hey like you know like what's what you know october like 14th they're like oh well that's a wednesday and i think we have that and i'm like (laughs) i don't know how people do it or if they just know dates that are around it but I, I look back at uh, just the episode archive and just some of the topics and the dates that are on them. And it just the memories kind of flood back the different houses that I was living in, like over the time, yeah. like since we started, I was in a condo at one point then I was in a rental house. You had so less kids at one point, more kids, way fewer, like a hundred percent less than, than currently. <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, it's crazy going back that far. So, uh, but yeah, great, great to be here with both you guys. And uh We'll get it uh, started with uh, uh, with uh, Chris. So what have you been up to since the last time we spoke a few weeks ago? Well, I've been working like a dog, but uh, no, I won't bore anybody with that stuff. Let's, Is that another Beatles reference uh, since we were well, I mean, chatting well, Beatles? You know, it's been a long day. <laughs> long, off air teaching me people. about the Beatles. This, yeah. It's been a long day's there. night. I can just tell you that mm. much. So uh, There you go. But... Uh, yeah, you guys want fun? Uh, jump in our Discord sometime and ask Kel trivia about the Beatles and Beatles songs. <laughs> and good luck. Uh, he's lived under a rock in Canada for a while. But uh, no, for me, gaming-wise, well, you know, we uh, after the last show, we talked about starting Triangle Strategy. And Kelsey's, like, looped it 16 times. But um, I, I have actually played a little more, played a little more tonight, <clears throat> right, for the show. So I can get a little more in. And I am in Chapter 7. Uh, I just finished the bridge battle, if that tells you anything. I escaped yeah, on a boat. Ch- chapter 7's a really pivotal chapter. Yeah, I'm on a boat. So, you know, there's another musical reference for you. I'm on a boat. <laughs> great, great, great song. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. You keep talking about, like there's some decision about rolling, and I'm like, you should be getting right to it. And I keep like, that, I keep that playing, like and I keep, this chapter, keep playing, yeah. and I keep playing like nothing. So I don't know what you're talking about. But uh, yes, yeah, so I'm I'm on chapter seven. I'm playing through that one, and I'm enjoying it. Not enough time with it as I would like, but um, it's dense. Like there's a lot of mm. like chat going on, right? There's a lot of story oh, yeah. that's uh, an it's intrigue, so nice. and some of it's kind of rough. I'm not gonna lie, it's a little dark in yeah. places. 
it doesn't get lighter. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. Yeah. It doesn't surprise me. Uh, it doesn't seem like it's taking a, you know, it's kind of like, um, dang on, see the name just jumped right. Oh, um, Vandal Hearts, right? Like Vandal Hearts was not like a light game, yeah. right? So it's kind of taken, I think, after that. It's not like something like, well, you know, you'd want your kids to try out this triangle strategy game. But uh, anyway, been playing that one, enjoying it. I like the tactical stuff. I'm playing it on normal difficulty, so uh, nothing crazy. But um, it seems to work out pretty well. It seems like I'm always a little under leveled. Like I'll say, like, oh, you should be level nine. I'm like level eight or something, or seven or eight. Uh, so maybe I need to do more of those intermediate battle things that you can just do for stuff. Well, the way the leveling works, you can't really over level like all you can do is catch your low guys up really fast if you want them to and then you kind of cap it where the recommendations are so unless you need the the resources from the mock battles like if you're like i need timber to upgrade so-and-so's bow uh that's really the the draw to do those not the experience yeah that seems like that's the deal like i'm like man if i want to do many upgrades i gotta do a lot of grinding on those mock battles because no you shouldn't have to do a lot i only did them all once um and i was able to max out several characters by the end of the game um i think they're just pretty uh i don't know stingy with the the uh rewards at the start and they'll start to pick up as you go Okay, because I'm like, you know, man, I'd really like to be able to upgrade more. I got my guys. I'm just not getting tons of stuff. So, okay, all right. So that's what I've been up to. It's really hard for me to play that game because my kids are on the dang Switch all the time. So getting some time on it is a little rough. Outside of gaming, though, watching a few things. Um, Some of this will probably interest nobody, and some of it may. So I'm going to start with the thing that will interest only me. (laughs) <laughs> and that is, uh, so I watched, so this is Paris. It's a 1928 silent film and, uh, it's a Warner Brothers film. And, uh, so, uh, you know, that doesn't mean it's got DC characters or anything. It's just, know, just anime in the acts. It's pre DC a little, little prior to that, but, um, you know, it was a fun little movie. The, so it's about like these two couples. And so, like the shtick is they're they're living like right across from each other. Well, like the one couple lives there, and the other one are like in a hotel or something. They're staying there, and so like as the movie opens, like two like the one couple that's like staying in the hotel, they're like performers. So he they're like actors and and do all this stuff, right? So they're act like acting out a scene and doing all this stuff and. And this other guy, you know, he's like a doctor and his wife's of his, uh, his wife is like reading all these like romance novels. And it's about like, oh, like kind of like Arabian Nights, right? Like shakes and everything. And that's kind of what they're doing. Something similar to that. So she looks across the window and sees this guy in this garb and, you know, anyway, but it's scandalous because he didn't have a shirt on, right? Like she sees the guy without his shirt and she tells her husband like, oh my God, this guy over there, you need to tell him, you know, like go over there. He's got a, doesn't have a shirt on. Like, you know, give him a piece of your mind, right? And so he goes over there, but what happens is the, um, he ends up, he knows the woman. Like they used to like hang out and run around before, before he got, before they got married to their, to their spouses. So they're like hitting it off and they used to really, you know, they were very close. We'll just say that much, right? And so she's, you know, like, the lady's kind of, like, joking around, like, you know, hey, why don't we, uh, you know, 
mess around a little bit and it's just comedy ensues right so like (laughs) the other guy ends up meeting the doctor's wife and he's like going after her and so it's just this really wacky situation that plays out but uh Fun, hour-long movie, so it's not terribly long, but it was really well done, and I enjoyed it. It was a fun little film. And uh, daggone it, I, I enjoy enjoying films, right? I want to have fun sometimes. I'm actually uh, curious how they set up like all that backstory in a silent movie. It sounds interesting. Yeah, well, um, you know, you think silent movies, but I mean, there's, you know, text on cards, and obviously the actions you get, and... You, know, you can't tell everything, but you can read lips, and you know sometimes you can tell what they're saying or whatnot. It's not that tricky, uh, and a lot of times when they're saying things, obviously even though you can't hear them, they'll say the same thing many times, so it's fairly easy for you to figure out to a degree what they're, you know, reading their lips. Right? You can't figure everything out, but uh, no, I had a good time with it. So it was a fun flick. I would uh, recommend checking it out if you want to have some fun. Yeah. Um, after that, I watched, um, I've been watching Star Trek Strange New Worlds. I think I've talked about that one a little bit. And I watched all the way through to the season finale, and that show is so good. <laughs> I, I think everybody's saying it's good. Yeah. I mean, it's like, the, it is the best Star Trek since Next Generation, hands down. Easy. That's wild, because there's been so many since then. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's really well written. The characters are interesting and you like them. And for me, that's a big thing about shows and movies and things. I have to like the characters and be able to empathize with them. And if I don't like the characters, Absolutely. I don't like the movie or I don't like the show. Um, I've given up on shows one episode in because I hate everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Hate's a strong word. Hate's a strong word, but yeah, hate. Hate everyone. Sure. <laughs> But, like, all the characters here are good. You know, it's... I don't know how to describe it. But, you know, if you've watched any Star Trek shows, you know, some and some of them you're like, some of the characters just really stand out to you and are really well written and good. And you watch some other Star Trek shows and you're like, okay, so, like, here's the straight guy. Here's the, here's the comic relief. Here's the... But you're like, eh, whatever, right? Like, these characters don't really stand out to me too terribly much. And uh, Star Trek Discovery, while I kind of liked it, it's it's really went off the rails. And but it has birthed this show, so uh, I'll I'll take it. So I'm really looking forward. Of course, they leave the season on kind of a cliffhanger, um, as they want to do. So I'll have to wait for a small eternity, I'm sure, for the next season to be out. But uh, can't recommend it high enough. Um, and for People that are really into Trek, there's a lot of little bits that are in there that, you know, if you didn't know, you would probably miss, but you don't have to know it to enjoy the story. So, uh, yeah, really well done. And man, like, like some of them are kind of lighthearted, and there's one that's like the next to last episode of the season is basically like a horror movie that you're watching, and then the last one is pretty, you know, kind of hits you in the feels a little bit. Um, so yeah, I would really recommend it. I also, just because I've got Paramount Plus and I was roaming through things one night, I watched, uh, Star Trek II Wrath of Khan again because it's <laughs> awesome. And you should watch that movie as much as you can. It's basically the short version of that. And it, it holds up really well, except for, there's like a couple scenes that you can tell, you know, 
that the effects are a little dated, but for most of it, it's pretty fantastic. What year was that one? That's like early 80s? Yeah, like probably like 82, something like that. So, uh, yeah, really well done. Really enjoyed it. Would you say that it's the second best sci-fi film to come out in 1982? No, I would say it's the best (laughs) sci-fi film to come out in 1982, or whatever that year was. You might be forgetting one, but we'll... Uh, there were some frozen people agree, on a agree, planet agree somewhere, and uh, somebody got frozen in a thing, and whatever, right? I get it. Um, again, you'd have to check the year. I don't know. It might have been 81, might have been 83. I don't remember. Okay. Who knows? I don't. Offhand. <laughs> Impossible to know. I'm sure you. someone will Google it and is yelling at their, their device it, right it, now. It, it, it was 82. You're absolutely right. Okay. And nice. uh, cool. if we want to have a... Top film Wrath of, of 1982. Khan, All right. Wrath of Khan Blade Runner off. Uh, we can we can figure that out at some point. Best, best film of, of 82. Locked in. All right. Very good. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And moving on from that, I watched Doctor Strange and the Moveless Master of Macadamia, Macadamia Nuts or whatever it is. What's the what's the name of it, Kelsey? Multiverse no, you have of right. Madness. The what? Multiverse of Madness. That's terrible. That's like a terrible. It's funny because it's mom and it came out on Mother's Day. <laughs> a, I didn't know it came out on Mother's Day. Didn't watch it then, and nah, it's not that good. Doctor Strange, it's... mom. It's good. Um, but you know, I didn't like it that much. I'm going to be real honest with you. I didn't really enjoy it a ton and I'm going to tell you why. So if you've not watched Dr. Strange, Majagical's mystical magic magoos, you should skip forward. I don't know, like maybe a minute or two or something, but at this point in time, I'm, I'm probably the last person that's listening to this hasn't watched it. Man, there's some giant plot holes in this movie. Like that you could yes. drive 600 trucks through. <laughs> and I as soon as I hit that point and I'll talk about it. So again, skip if you I mean, this is my last warning, skip if you don't want to know. Okay. Uh master of whatever his name is, like the guy, right? Not Doctor Strange, mm-hmm. the other guy. The magical mystery guy, whatever he is. I honestly don't know who you're referring to right now. The master magician guy, whatever, right? That's Doctor Strange, right? No, the other Wong? guy. Yeah, I guess. Wong? Sounds right. Okay. But they're both like they're go. They've got to stop uh you know Wanda. Yes. Uh, they're like she's coming to the temple. We got to stop her. And all the guys, right? Like 7 million guys, oh, we're doing the shield and we're we're go oh, uh and they oh, they're all dead. And uh, and Doctor Strange and and Wong or whatever whatever his name is, you know they do whatever. But um, Doctor Strange gets sucked into a parallel universe. It's just Wong, and he's left with what's her name, and she's like got him in cyber chains or whatever, like red <laughs> magic chains, and is like doing all this evil stuff with this book, and like oh what like Wong's last friend that's alive comes up. It's like shh. I'm going to destroy the book. It's like, oh, you know, let me do it. No, I, I can do it. So she like sneaks in there, destroys the book. Yeah. All right. Great job. Kill. She dies because of it, like sacrifices her life. And, and it's like, oh, okay, good. Right. It, we've, we've done it. It's exactly what we needed to do. And, and she's like, starts threatening like, oh, why, what, you know, what, what can I 
you got to tell me what I can do or something? Like, she's threatening his life, right? And he's like, oh, you'll have to kill me or whatever. And so there's like three or four other guys left alive. Don't give me... She's killed hundreds. But there's like three or four of his guys left. And she's like, well, I'll just take it out on them. And like, he doesn't bat an eye. He doesn't take a breath. He doesn't care that all these other guys have died. But these three guys back here... No, that's too much. And he just blabs all the secrets of everything to her. And then immediately takes her to, like, the evil place. I'm like, this is the dumbest thing ever! Oh, that didn't bother me. Even hearing it like that, yeah. It did make no sense. Am I alone? That made no sense. Like, I I didn't... Watching someone tortured in front of you is a little different than just, like, dying in a fight. He saw all his friends, hundreds of friends, die! Yeah, but not individually tortured to death in front of him. That's a little different. She, like, started zapping them for, like, 20 seconds. Yeah, exactly. And he he caved. He caved! Wong's weak. It was bad. (laughs) It was just really bad. It was not a good movie. Oh man! Even the Illuminati scene—you didn't—that didn't do anything for you. No, it was even worse. Oh, I love that part. It was and even worse because I'm like, oh, here's all these super guys that certainly could do something to the Scarlet Witch for five minutes, and they just—they're all just dead right away. Oh, I'm like, this fun. is dumb. Oh, this is <laughs> stupid. I loved it, and the music fight—I thought was so cool too. Uh, yeah, it was all right. It's all right. Okay, but Pizza Papa. That's the highlight of the movie, right? Pizza Papa always gets paid. Bruce Campbell? What? (laughs) Pizza Papa. (laughs) And he's the... the, He makes him punch himself uh, in the face for three weeks? He's the scene at the very end of the movie where he's like, it's over. Bruce Campbell. It's over. Bruce Campbell. Yeah, okay. You should just say Bruce Campbell. I just did. Like, after I said Pizza Papa... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I didn't hear that part. Yeah. the pizza, whatever. So, uh, I don't know. I was kind of disappointed. Huh. But Not anyway. I, I liked um, the horror elements. I love Sam Raimi movies, too. So, it was it was a really fun ride for me. And visually, Doctor Strange is always fun with the effects and stuff. So, I had a good time. And so, like, obviously, what? He, like, he gets a third eye at the end? And, uh... Yeah. Dormammu's niece comes to recruit him for something. I don't really know where Marvel's going right now. I think a lot of people feel that way at the moment. Yeah, like that first phase or whatever that was was awesome. This, I'm not on board. Yeah, (laughs) if if you read comics, this happens every time there's a big event afterwards. It's just like it's like a reset. It's like none of that stuff happened. Here's some new characters that you're gonna get to know them. Here's you know really low stakes things going on and they'll do that for like a long time and then they'll build it into something cool again but yeah it's always a really slow reset after these big end game kind of events it's a rough watch i'll just say that much yeah i i think coming from the comic background like i i know there's going to be a payoff and if you especially if you invest in everything then they'll they'll reward you so i'm, I'm in for the ride i'm enjoying it I'm going to hope the new Thor can bring it back around for me. But I'm going to wait until that hits Disney as well. I'm not going to the theater. I'm going to try and go this next week to see that one. But I've enjoyed Thor at least. Like, he can't disappoint me, right? So Hopefully not. Uh, yeah, hopefully it's good. Yeah. Okay, so uh, 
Uh, let's get to something I did enjoy, though. I don't want to just beat things up all day. Uh, and I'm going to get to Westworld. The new season of Westworld has started. Am I the only one that's watched any? I only saw that you first are. two seasons. That's the second I season. Loved I, the first, I loved the first season. Yeah. The second season was a little like, I'm, I'm a dumb person. And it was hard for me to follow. And I didn't know if it was because I'm dumb or if it's because it's convoluted. I didn't want to judge it. But like I couldn't understand what was going on. And then when season three came out, I couldn't bring myself to start it. But if you're telling me four is good, I will get caught up <laughs> and experience four. I would say watch the seasons. Yeah, there was the one bad season. There was the one like bad season where they were going like to all the different like this is Japan world or whatever, right? right the, the samurai, samurai one. Two? I think that was two because I didn't. The third season is has uh, Aaron Paul, right? Yeah, third season. Yeah, that's the one where they're like I didn't in the see city. Any of the third one? Okay, yeah, I saw the Japan uh, season, and then I saw <laughs> I didn't see any of the season after that. You, but I would I love the first season, so I would I would give it a whirl. I would say the third season better than the second season, not as good as the first. Mm-hmm. Because um, that first season is really hard to top. So good. But um, it was a, I, uh, Jonathan Nolan, right? Um, oh. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's Christopher Nolan's brother. Jonathan is the showrunner, which is kind of what got me interested in the first place. But yeah, very, 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 very good first season. But I think you'd probably need to watch. Well, I would need, but you probably. Mm-hmm. I would recommend watching the third season so you understand what's happening. At because if not, you'll be like, "What the heck?" Right. I think it'd be too out of whack for you mm. so um but yeah no i've there's two episodes out so far comes out every sunday and uh i'm yeah like this second i mean the first episode is all about introducing like the storyline and this second episode at the end of it gets right to like oh <laughs> so um but yeah so interesting things i'm Kind of really curious to see how it goes. I'll be uh, wanting to check that out. Um, and then um, outside of that stuff, I um, a little more work on the computer, old computer side. Um, I wanted to go through and I've, you know, I think I've talked about, I've been redoing like that Pentium 3 build that I've got. And I've done pretty much everything inside of it that I want to, but the power supply. Uh, and I wanted to at least replace the fan in it because uh, you know 20 year old noisy fan and i'd replaced all the others and so i ordered a fan and i opened it up and i'm glad i did because some of the capacitors in there are domed and um so i'm just gonna have to do a recap on the whole thing and um, uh yeah i'm glad i did because i when i desoldered the cat the caps in the days like these really cheap garbage brand capacitors in there obviously was only made to last for a few years but uh, at this point in time, yeah, they really need to go. So, uh, yeah, fans there. Hopefully get some capacitors in soon, redo that, and, uh, and then hopefully be done. I would like to at some point in time get – I've seen that you can so – they, they've somebody's developed a card, an ISA card, where you can run up to eight floppy drives in a PC <laughs> off this mm. one card. I don't need eight, but I would like four. Um, so that way I can basically have one of each kind inside the drive um so i would like to see if i can get a hold of one of those and build one of those cards at some point in time but uh yeah i think that's most of it for me very cool so going up to kelsey up north what's happening up there bud also 
played a bit triangle strategy, um, finished the game on normal, and I'm up to chapter 11 on a new game plus. Uh, Jeez! I did, well, it's not as impressive as it sounds on the new game plus, because I, I dumped it down to very easy, and like the stuff that I've already seen, I'm just skipping those cutscenes, and that's like 80% of the game. So I'm burning through that pretty quick. But I have recruited every character now, and there's some really interesting ones you get later on. Are there any that, or have you looked up, are there any that you have to play through to New Game Plus to get? I don't think, I haven't looked it up, so I could be wrong, but I think the way you recruit everybody is your conviction stats, which are morality, liberty, and utility. Um, and when you're in New Game Plus, it shows you like, hey, you made this decision, that's 50 utility points. You made this decision, that's 50 mortality points, or morality points. You don't get to see that during your first playthrough, so you're just kind of getting whoever you get and then you can tailor it to the ones you're missing uh, on your second playthrough so i'm always confused though because like i get that like i make a choice and it tells me you know i get whatever but like sometimes you're just doing whatever like fighting a battle or doing mm -hmm. something and you'll get conviction and you're like what the heck there there's little bonuses like if you talk to enough different npcs you'll get bonuses if you clear the map when the uh the goal wasn't to clear the map, you'll get a bonus, um, and vice versa. If you clear the map early, you'll get a different bonus and stuff. So there are ways to earn it other than the choices you make, but they're really insignificant. Like it'll be like one to five you'll get when the other, the choices you make through the, uh, when it gives you like the three options, those ones are like 50. I feel like when I'm playing the game, like anytime an enemy drops an item, I always have to get it. Like I will do whatever it takes to get the stuff they drop. You know what's even more annoying is there's a character called Lionel who's like a merchant and if he specifically picks up the items he gets like all these other bonuses and you get extra money and things oh. so I try really hard to make sure he picks up every spoil himself <laughs> and so it's like I play through three extra rounds of everybody doing nothing just so he can move another square or two to try and pick them up. Yeah well uh, hopefully I will find him at some point in time then. Yeah, I got him on my first playthrough. I had a lot of fun with him. He talks about himself in the third person constantly, which I, I'm a sucker for. And he's really loud and boisterous, too. There are some interesting... I mean, like, so far, I just... Um, I've only picked up a few of the extra characters, but uh, I end up using the thief like crazy. What's her name? Or, like, the scout. Anna? The scout, yeah. Yeah, she's, she's she gets to go, like, twice every time. Yeah. And and yeah. if you level up uh, Benedict, uh, one of his later moves is he gives someone an extra turn. So if he gives her an extra turn, she actually gets um, four actions in that round, and it's crazy. I was going to say, I hope Benedict turns into something at some point in time, because he kind of is sucky right now. Yeah, I, I stopped using him as soon as I had too many party members, but then I started bringing him in later on. He got a lot more useful at the end game, but yeah, he sucked during the first half. Yeah, like as soon as I could start swapping him out. I use the archer lady a lot on the hawk or whatever. She's awesome. Yeah, she gets some really good moves later on, too. It's I, just, her, just, man, she's really, so good. Really she's really her. squishy, though. That's yeah. at least on mine. And, uh, and man, I, I'm hoping at some point in time I can get something to improve, like, movement. I yeah, mean, like, permanently, things. not just like, uh, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, there's, there's things you can do. 
because I know there's like rings and things, but I haven't found any rings or anything yet that lets you move more. But like whatever the guy with the shield, man, like he's, he's awesome. Favorite. He's my all star. But he can't. He God, he barely moves. It's really annoying. If you put sprint on him at the start, I always just ran him full force into whatever opposing army was there and just give everyone Pro else hope. a turn. And he yeah. would just, yeah, everyone would go after him and he'd just tank them. Yeah, I know. I know. I always like a bulwark him. You know, I'll, I'll uh, have him provoke and then, yeah, just pick everybody off. Yeah, that's awesome. And then yeah. I've got the... I've been using, like, the weird little wizard guy that does, like, the wind magic and the healing. I tried him for a bit. He didn't click with me, so I dropped him out. He's, like, not great at any one thing, so I'm hoping he gets better at some point in time. Yeah, I don't know his late game, but, uh, yeah, I dropped him. Uh, Roland, I hated during the first half, too, kind of like Benedict, but once you level him up, he has some really awesome skills uh, later on, too. He's not bad because he can hit multiple enemies, but he's kind of squishy right now yeah. for me. Um, and I don't know. I've got the Ice Mage guy. I didn't get it's him very, on my first round. I got him on my second round. He's very situational about. Yeah. Like, some of his things are pretty useful, but like I seem like a lot of times I get a lot of enemies that are resistant to ice. And I'm like, well, okay. That's what I hate about it. They're like, oh, you know... Like, how would I know which one to bring into battle? Like, fire or ice? There's nobody to know until you're in the fight. It's kind of like... Uh, do you know what they... What are they called? The, the Questus? Is that what they're called? Those extra moves you can pull out? Yes. There's one of those where you can actually swap people from your bench, like, into the battlefield. So if you oh, like that, good. you can swap them. Good. Because, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I use mine now, but I've only got a couple basic ones, like, oh, free critical attack or, yeah. you know, the move instantly or restore whatever. Restore was probably the most useful one for my first playthrough. Yeah, yeah, I used those a little bit, but I was hoping it would open up at some point in time. A little bit. Cool, all right. Yeah. Well, I won't keep going on forever about it. I'm sure we'll talk yeah. more. Yeah, we'll talk more once you get deeper into it. Um, I played and beat the quarry and not quite beat, but near the end of TMNT Shredder's Revenge. I do want to talk about those, but I'm going to leave them for the main topic because I think I'll have some opportunities to dig into those more there. Mm-hmm. Um, my buddy and I started playing the Mega Man Wily Wars on the Genesis, the limited run one that came out. That's been really interesting to play through. Mm-hmm. So we played through them in order, one, two, and three. And... Playing on a Genesis controller is so awkward and weird in Mega Man. <laughs> and, like, it looks good. The The remixed music is so interesting. Some songs are, like, really, really good versions. Some of them, you know, not as good. But uh, pretty pro- probably more positive than negative on the music. It was really good. Uh, the, the thing that drives me the most nuts about it is they've slowed down your mega buster so you can't mash the button as fast as you can push it you can only have three dots on the screen which is normal but they're like spaced out how fast you can shoot them so i can't play like i normally do where i run through the stages with just the buster because it is so weak and useless so i actually have to it forces me to use powers that i'm not used to using so it was kind of neat playing these games i know really well but having to force myself to play them a little bit differently so would you ever say, oh, this is now the new version of, like, 
Mega Man 1 I want to play instead of the NES version? Or is it all just like, that's eh, an interesting take? Yeah, yeah more than interesting take, but I I will replay them at some point just because like, the soundtracks are really cool. Mm-hmm. And like especially 1. like 1's not amazing on the NES to begin with, so playing another version that's just janky in a different way uh, is kind of fun. Um, one's good. What are you talking about? It is good, but it's the least good of them. <laughs> the, well, even maybe the you worst... said like one, two, three. Yeah, I'm one no expert. <clears throat> I'm no expert, but I I remember be, like playing them and thinking, I bet one's not going to be very good because like you know like just it's the intro and like maybe they don't know what they're doing. And I don't actually think I played it first. I think I played two and three and a little bit of some others, and then I went back and played one. And I was surprised at how much I enjoyed it because I thought it was going to be just like, you know, a little throwaway thing. Um, but I remember really, really liking one more than I thought I was going to. Yeah, all the, all the good bones are there. It's just the other ones did the same stuff better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, they can't all be four. That's true. They all can't be. That's numerically true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but something I didn't know about Wily Wars is after you beat the three games it unlocks a whole new game to play and so we finished one two and three in one night because we both love Mega Man and we've been through them a bunch of times together so we finished these games and we're like what what's that this new thing like I had to go home though but I'm like we better try the first level and like see what this is and it's totally new bosses uh the levels are like remixed parts from a whole bunch of different ideas from the other games and before you enter the level, you get to choose your loadout and you get to pick any weapon you want from the first three games. You get to choose eight of them and then three items from the first two games, too. So like the rush coils and the mega beam and, and those kind of things. Uh, so you, you don't know what the boss is weak to. You don't know what items will be handy during the levels. You just pick eight and you hope one of them will be useful at some point. Mm. Uh, and so the first boss we picked actually had two health meters, which was really scary. But... If you have the weakness to him, you know, it's not as bad, but we didn't. So we took two tries, took a few men, but we actually figured out his pattern and beat him with just the buster. Uh, and then, so we came back and played, uh, after we finished the quarry with some friends, they left and I, I was able to stick around for like another 40 minutes. So we did the next couple levels in there. Uh, but yeah, same thing, like two new bosses, you get to choose your loadouts. We finished those three. So now we're in the Wily stage of that game. So I'm going to go back tomorrow and try and finish that off. But it's really really cool idea where you just you can pick what you want before you enter the level and, and swap between them so does it have battery save or is it password uh it's battery safe oh okay yeah. cool i would think it would not be too hard because there's like a lot of not great weapons in some of those games so i don't yeah. think nailing it down to eight is would be that hard it's not but he, he laughs at me because like like when i'm playing Mega Man, i'm always thinking like they want to be jerks so i'm like i'm taking the top spin and the bubble lead and the leaf shield the things with the worst range because i know they're going to be super strong against something really hard so i'll do i'll suffer through the rest of the game with uh without the good stuff so i can use the crappy stuff when it's when it needs to be used so let's uh, let's take a second then all right so what's the this is my loadout i think if i had to pick eight all right i'm gonna just do it right two and three yeah okay so i'm gonna do um, I'm gonna do elect man, the elect man beam. Okay. I'm gonna do the magnet beam because duh, I'm gonna go anywhere. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna do ice. Okay. Beam, of course, because that's fantastic. 
Uh, I'm going to do the quick boomerang because you can shoot like a trillion of those things out. Well, you could um, in the NES one. They're a lot slower in this one. It's like one no. at a time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, then. Um, you're going to take the metal blade because, <laughs> duh. Refuse to do that. Right? Um, is the is the pause glitch there? Uh, I didn't try. I don't know. I, I would be surprised if it is because it seems like they reprogrammed the whole thing. Okay. You're going to take like uh, whatever, like the uh, the magnet guy. What would, magnet I shot. can't remember. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then tag on cat. He's <laughs> <laughs> tangled up. <laughs> okay, well, I got like two more left. Yeah, I think so. Uh, well, right. sorry, you you said the magnet beam, and that's an item, so that's separate. You get three separate items that aren't weapons. Oh, okay. So you actually have oh, three more. all right. Items, then, you're going to want uh, number two, right? Yeah. Item number two, the the sled. And then you're going to want, like, the... Oh, is In number three, is it the rush where you can get the uh, the submarine? What? You're going to take rush sub, like, rush marine? <laughs> Because you know there's going to be a water level. You know Those aren't even helpful level. in the water levels. You don't need them. <laughs> there's there's, in the water there's Rush Jet. You don't need any item from any other Mega Game Man game when you have Mega Man 3's Rush Jet because it is no, number, so Number good. two and the submarine. I'm going to take those. Oh, my God. And let's see. What I, how much I got left? Like what? Two? Uh, sure. Two more weapons. Uh, all right. I'm going to take Fireman because when you shoot, you also get a shield around you. And let's see. Took a oh, lot of Mega Man One powers. That's very weird. There's a lot. Those are really good. They're really <laughs> good in that game. Like some of them suck, like bombs and stuff. But uh, I don't know. It's tough. I'm just gonna have to go then with. Um, Still haven't said my favorite Mega Man weapon from any Mega Man game. How about the snake? I'll oh, take the snake weapon. There, that's snake. it. That's what snake I want. man's yeah. weapon. Search yep. snakes. Okay. Awesome. So good. yep. All right. That's that's my pick. So the three I always have to take in are the gutsman grab move, uh, crash bombs, and the hard punch, because they're helpful in stages. When there's thing, there's like an e tank behind them. You need those three items to blow up obstacles. But you only need. But if you have a lek beam, you can do that. You can do it with a lek beam. No, you can't. You can't break those. Uh, yes, you can't you... move the boxes with the lek beam. You can destroy like bricks and stuff in the first game. It won't let you do that in the other ones. I've never done that in the first game. You, the gutsman what? bricks that you can pick up. You can't break those with anything else. Yeah, no, you can shoot through them with a lek beam. You can shoot through them, but you can't move them so you can get to the other side. Yeah, but oh, but what? There, no, there's something you can do to get rid of them. Yeah, Gutsman. You pick him up. No, there's another way to do it. I don't think so. Dang it, there is. (laughs) Show me. I just have to remember. Have you considered calling the uh, the hint line? (laughs) I don't have two bucks an hour. Come on. Get your parents' permission before you call though. I know there's another way to do it. I want to try to remember because it's been a while since I played it. I know there's another way to do it. (laughs) All right, you you tell me. Teach me something new. All right. Um, I had some family come up. Uh, one of whom I think I mentioned him on the show a ways back. Uh, my nephew is obsessed with video games to the point he drives his parents bonkers. Uh, so he's like sticks to me like glue when they come visit now because I'm the game uncle. So 
he, you know, he grilled me all about Atari and Magnavox uh, last summer. Last time I saw him this year, uh, he was really into Mario Party, so we played some Mario Party on our 3DSs, and that's all he wanted to talk about. Uh, this visit, uh, he was able to stay an extra day after his parents left with me, uh, and then Grandma and Grandpa drove him back home the next day. And he's really a Nintendo 64 right now. So we, I dug out the 64, and we played a bunch of Mario Kart, and then he got really into Smash Brothers, so we cleared my save on smash brothers and unlocked everything over the next couple days got all the characters and and the stage and stuff um so that was fun i haven't put either of those in for quite a while and and i enjoy both of those games uh playing smash 64 2 all the other kids that were around uh came to join in and not one of them didn't need help two times to hold that controller properly Every one of them hold it weird. So I show them, this is how you do it. And then the next round, they're holding it weird again. I'm like, no, you got to put your hand back here. (laughs) (laughs) I looked it up. It's the elect man beam. Destroys bricks. I don't think it's the same bricks we're talking about then. It's the same one that you can use the guts man arm on. Like the one that the, the mega beam's hiding behind? That's a block. That's yeah, not like that's what bricks. I'm talking about. You move those out of the way to like get to hidden areas and get new. I'm items. talking about like I'm talking about the rocks, like the rocks. Yeah, who cares about those? Those don't stop you from going anywhere. Well, there's some stuff you have to get through, like for hidden stuff, no. like in the Wily stage. I have never used Elect Beam on anything that wasn't a boss in that game, in my whole life. Try it out. Just telling you. <laughs> Um, yeah, so Pism 64, um, watched the new Stranger Things. Uh, I was under the impression this was the final season, which is the only reason I watched it because I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> I'll finish this series. And then I watched the last episode and I'm like, what the hell? That wasn't an ending. And mm-hmm. of course there's another season coming, you know, two to three years from now. So I'm, I'm upset with myself that I got tricked into watching that, even though it was a decent season and Eddie's awesome. Uh, watched the boys which just finished its uh, new season. And man, it was a really good season. Chris would hate it because there's nobody likable or empathetic in that show. They're all terrible, terrible people. But it was it was fun. It was really good. Uh, I'm still watching The Orville, and it just kind of makes me... Like, I still enjoy it, but it makes me sad I'm not watching Strange New World because that sounds so much better. But it's, it's my, like dollar store version of that show at the moment does it who does it mike watching it or something mike's watching star trek i don't know anyone else that's watching the orville right now right but you like go see mike all the time right i do but we've got like assigned movies to watch now we don't got time to watch like a whole series of a tv show we're also playing through lufia too like there's like (laughs) eight episodes or something yeah, what are they, like 45 minutes each? Somewhere around there. Yeah, that's like, it's a lot. That's a lot when we've already got several other things on the go. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'll get to And it. you got Crocodile Dundee to watch. So Exactly. Yeah. I'm going to see if he'll lend me those. He's got them on DVD. I saw. Good man. Yeah. Um, and the last weird gaming thing I've been doing lately is my son's Minecraft account. We got locked out of it when they migrated all the accounts over to Microsoft now. They won't let you use your old uh, Mojang stuff. So they've been saying, like, you know, transport over for the last year or so. We can't because 
we don't have access to the email we set it up with because it was with my old store when we bought it. And then, so I, I'm checking in the support. I'm like, okay, so I can't do the email. What else can we do? They're like, we can mail, like physically mail you the thing to the location you signed up at. Also at my old store location. And they've even moved locations since then. So they don't even own that anymore. Not, not an issue. The third way is show them your transaction ID so that they can show you, you prove you bought this. That's with a credit card I canceled five years ago that was used for my store. So the three options they have, none of them worked for us. So I've been back and forth with the support for a while now. And just today, we finally got them to switch the email to, they were supposed to switch to my son's email, but they picked mine for some reason. It's better than nothing, but they, they still screwed that up. Uh, so we haven't tried it yet because he's got a friend over, but uh, tomorrow we're going to try and log into that old account and see if we can actually access it after a couple months of uh, messing around with that. Man, I, I get so frustrated with these stupid things. We had something similar happen with Fortnite last year, and man, I hate dealing with online support for these games. It's a lot, such games a Games as a service is awesome. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, but that's it. That's all I've been doing for the last uh, a couple weeks. Awesome. So uh, I guess, uh, as is tradition, I should start with a Destiny 2 update. But before I forget, uh, I pulled up this little uh, document that I wrote many years ago when I was showing a couple friends of mine uh, the 1982 sci-fi Masterpiece <laughs> Runner. And I, I wrote this little intro because, uh, I don't know, I thought I had to, you know, give them this little intro to help enhance their experience of so seeing what, this film. So what year did time. you write this? Oh, uh, I couldn't tell you. Oh, this is probably, we were in the condo. This is probably like 12 years ago. Okay. Why would you need to introduce the second best sci-fi movie of 1982? <laughs> yeah, keep keep talking <laughs> so uh but in this little intro i wrote um i i listed uh all of the movies that had come out that summer so you have this dystopian you know kind of downer very hard to follow sci-fi film that was not reviewed very well and listen to all the films that it had to go up against uh within like not even just the whole year within like two or three months all these films came out conan the barbarian and Ooh. kelsey's out yeah, Kelsey's done. <laughs> I just rewatched that like two weeks ago. I love those yeah. movies. Uh, Annie, Rocky Three, Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan, Poltergeist, Tron, An Ooh. Officer and a Gentleman, Friday the Thirteenth Part Three, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, John Carpenter's The Thing, and E.T. Whoa, that's a in big that period. Man, Tron, E.T. like The Thing, E.T. was a crazy good year for movies. I have to the like when I was writing this up, I was like, let me see like what it was going up against. And to this day, I don't think anyone's ever convinced me that there was a better summer for movies than 1982. <laughs> no, because if you asked me like what came, what was like the best movie like 1988, I'd be like, I have no freaking clue. Probably garbage. Who knows? Right. But man, so I just wanted to uh, when we were talking about uh, 82, I was like, oh well, let me just throw this little little tidbit in there. That's so. a lot. Yeah. 82 is a phenomenal and there's even some more like honorable mentions that like uh that were outside that like summer period uh, uh so yeah amazing amazing year so my destiny 2 uh update um so a little raid dungeon update i'm still uh, doing my weekly run of vow of the disciple 
uh, for pinnacle weapons uh, to get my warlock up and uh, for red border weapons which enables you to uh, craft them eventually um, I finished my uh, submission uh, so I can craft that now and I believe insidious and cataclysmic are the two weapons I'm closest to next so uh, that's still a fun raid to play so just a once a week we uh, we pop through that we're uh, we're getting pretty good at it so it doesn't take you know the multiple hours it used to take it's usually like an hour hour and a half and we're, we're pretty much through it um, I have not tackled master mode yet um, because that would be more time more of uh, attention needs to be paid to your your build your loadout uh, you know modifiers stuff like that and I just don't have you know it's a lot of time commitment to put to something like that so i'm just doing regular mode uh, for so now is it fine. is it just like uh, basically hard mode for some of these or something yeah so uh uh, uh typically the, the the default um difficulty for something is legend and then the next level up is master and then the next level up from that and only certain activities have this is grandmaster um so grandmaster is essentially like pretty much one shot maybe two and you're dead so it's constant cover very very focused on build crafting uh uh you know your stats your your perks your loadouts uh your your loadout is locked uh in a lot of these uh in master and grandmaster mode so in regular mode you could just switch whenever you want but once you start like a master grandmaster it's like that's the loadout you got to do for the whole thing um and you there are special rewards you get in these uh, master and grandmaster uh, events uh uh, there's adept weapons um, that you can't get anywhere else and a lot of times there's like um, triumphs which are kind of like destiny's in-game achievements um, that get you like you know maybe like a, a banner or you know an emblem like something that can kind of display like you know i've done this uh, or you know maybe like a ship or something um, but yeah i'm totally fine doing uh, the regular version it's still a lot of fun um, and then uh, i got the vix uh, sorry vex mythoclast uh last time uh, uh we had a show I, I talked about that and since then i have gone through and acquired the vex mythoclast catalyst um catalyst in destiny is uh, an item that you acquire to enhance or add like a perk or a trait to an exotic weapon um, and every exotic weapon has its own catalyst there's a specific way to get it and then once you apply it to the weapon, there's like a predetermined like bonus that it gives that weapon. So Vex Mythoclast is already very, very strong. See, uh, I, li I like to uh, I like to apply Vex Vapor Rub on my chest <laughs> when I'm when I'm feeling a little Yeah, when you know. you're when you're a little congested, nothing nothing opens you up like a little Vex uh, Mythoclast Vapor Rub. So uh, the, the Vex are awesome. They're they're the robotic. They're seemingly robotic race but then you find out that there's these kind of like um uh there's these kind of clear you know kind of like uh uh it's like a like a fluid that's like in inside their they call them frames um and you find it's out not a that blue ointment you sure nope yeah it's <laughs> a, a white uh fluid called radiolaria and you find out that that fluid is what gives them like their intelligence and like their hive like mind so all of the Vex are one hive mind that this radial area is like communicating with. And the, the Vex's whole deal is they are extremely powerful. Uh, they are able to transcend time and space. They're constantly opening portals. And what they're basically trying to do is they're testing 
Uh, they're just doing simulations over and over and over again, and they're simulating every possible, kind of like in Doctor Strange and the megaverse of multi-macadamias, <laughs> is they're testing all these different possible outcomes, and all they're doing is searching for the one where the Vex win, and they're going after that. So that that's like the Vex's whole deal. Um, so the Vex Mythoclast is the exotic uh, fusion rifle uh, from the Vault of Glass raid. It's a very, very good weapon from Destiny 1. They've made it better for Destiny 2. Catalyst makes it even better. So I was very happy to uh, to grab the Catalyst. So I'm in the process of leveling that up. It'd be cooler if it was a Quato that was inside. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, like uh, uh, Quato from uh, Total Recall. <laughs> It'd be great if they just pop out of the... Hey, buddy. That's a, that's a free idea, Bungie. Yeah, take it. He's, he's got plenty of them. So, uh, but yeah, that's, I mean, I might have kind of popped into a few other little things uh, uh, the past few weeks, but I know what everyone's really waiting for is for the Steam Deck uh, update, because we were yeah. looking at like another, you know, like couple of weeks. So uh, those of you who are in the Discord and possibly follow me on Twitter uh, know that there is a big boost in the uh, production that uh, you know we were hoping was was true and would continue and my email came weeks earlier than anticipated uh i ordered my steam deck uh last uh was it last thursday two thursdays ago uh and it showed up in about six days so i've had it in my possession for uh for the uh, half of this week uh pretty much and man it's it's Similar to uh, uh to a, it's not going to be this main topic, but I mean this might end up being like uh, part of a main topic where we find some things to talk about because man, there's a lot going on here. So initial impression, like I, I it it comes in like a case, so you unzip the case and kind of flip it open. And I never um, did anything where I kind of you know you could print out either a piece of paper or a 3d print of like just the physical size to kind of see. And I never did that. So when I opened the case up and I just saw how big the thing was, I just like, I audibly laughed. I was like, Oh, <laughs> this thing is a monster. So in a good way, um, it's lighter than I expected it to be, but it still has like a heft to it. Like it feels like a solid uh, device. The, like the palms of your hand, like that kind of middle part where sometimes like, there's not anything there that I can squeeze and like I kind of get like a little bit of pain like right in the middle of my hand. Um, it's got these like great little, you know, kind of uh, little rounded parts that kind of really fit in there very nicely. Um, yeah, initial impression, the machine, the, uh, the hardware is great. I got logged into it, got into my Steam account, started downloading some games, doing some updates, stuff like that. Um, I played, uh, there's a game that is included with the Steam Deck really a tutorial like it's a steam deck tutorial disguised as a game it's called uh, uh, desk job and it is a, it's a valve game and it's presented it's framed as an aperture training uh, <laughs> uh, thing so you're basically like in the world of portal and portal 2 and so you get in like it's first person so you get in you're sitting down at your desk and a uh, uh, a, a character like a, a construct similar to Wheatley if you've played uh, uh, Portal 2 or um, uh, like those kind of like round eyeball uh, type of robots kind of shows up and I forget the guy, the name of the comedian who voices him he does a really really good job I looked the guy's name up and I'm like oh I know who that is even though I didn't know the name um, and his name is uh, uh, Grady 
and he's just so cool. He's he's like kind of like the way you would expect someone to like who's been like demoted to a trainer. He's like, hey, no, you're here. This is awesome. So basically, like I've been working on this. I'm I'm your trainer. Uh, didn't want to be, but like here we are. And like uh, I got you know this invention that I'm working on. Like between you and me, like it's gonna be really good. But for right now, I'm just gonna show you how to use. Uh, the desk that's right in front of you. So go ahead, go ahead and pick up the desk. <laughs> so like, <laughs> you're holding the steam, to, and like there's a thing on screen that kind of shows, you know, like the analog sticks and everything. So he's like, yeah, uh, here's my invention. And then like a toilet comes out, and he's like, boom, not amazing. He's like, but you don't know anything yet. Go ahead and hit that button. And then like the left trigger like lights up on your desk, and you hit it, and like machine guns like pop out of the side of the toilet. He's like, boom, machine gun toilet. <laughs> so. Now you're like just, you know, uh, doing like, you know, figuring out how to shoot and doing stuff like that. And then he starts introducing you to the gyroscope, which we've had before. We've had, you know, the six axis and on the switch and everything. (laughs) But what's interesting about the Steam Deck, and I remember reading this, but I had kind of forgotten about it until I played Desk Job, is he was like, so here's the deal. You press the left trigger, you know, like that kind of gets your guns ready and you can, you know, move the right stick around to aim if you want. But, like, the top surface of the analog stick is, like, the same kind of, uh, uh, like, rough surface as, like, the rest of the Steam Deck. It's not, like, rubber, like, in the middle, like most analog sticks are. It's got, like, a hard plastic feel to it. And I'm like, that's kind of interesting. So it's because it's capacitive. So the, the hardware knows whether or not your thumb is on it. So... You can set it that when you're resting your thumb on that center part of the uh, uh, thumbstick, it activates the gyro. So that me- so when I'm, my thumb is there, I can move the thing around and be firing, and it's awesome. And if I decide I don't want to do that, now I just use the thumbstick like I normally would, and I can aim it around. And it worked so well because gyro is really awesome, but only when you want to use it. And and I find sometimes like holding a trigger or holding a button for gyro isn't elegant because now your hands in an uncomfortable position and you got to like really like apply pressure. But like just resting your your thumb on the stick activated that gyro. And there's other things you can do with that, too. So uh, that was a really, really cool uh, little intro. Uh, They also got uh, what's his face? Our good pal J.K. Simmons uh, uh, to voice uh, to come back as Cave Johnson, which is pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, uh, very, very short. The whole thing is probably like 20 minutes long, um, but a fun little uh, intro to the Steam Deck. Um, I did fire up Skyrim, uh, a new game, just to kind of like see how that runs and kind of get a new game save going. Uh, I also turned on the performance overlay, which has like five levels, which is awesome. So like the lowest level of performance overlay is just frame rate. So you just get a little frame rate ticker in the corner of the screen. The next level up will show you like battery consumption and estimated time to empty so it'll be like you know like 10 watts two and a half hours 15 watts you know 45 minutes or an hour or whatever so that's kind of cool and then um if you've ever watched stuff on um how, what are they called uh the guys who do like extensive 3d uh, uh testing um and they do and they have like all the graphs and everything so you see oh. and stuff like that so digital foundry digital foundry thank you so they have you can turn turn that on so even if you're not kind of like catching the frame rate you know counter dropping or something you can just kind of see that graph on there so uh really really very cool so i turned that on when i was curious turned it off like when i was done with it um 
I got to be honest, though, the thing that I've done the most on it so far, um, I did switch over to desktop mode because you can just run it as a computer. I hooked it up to a USB-C dock I've laying around. I threw a keyboard and mouse on it. And it's just like legit a Linux desktop, uh, like internet applications. It's got the um, uh, the app repository, uh, you know, anything you can imagine uh, is available on there. And also there's a really, really good community uh, already doing some really cool emulation stuff on it. So I was afraid that the emulation was going to be really difficult and cumbersome to set up on it because Hyperspin and Rocket Launcher and RetroArch, like all that stuff is really, really, really difficult and time consuming no matter what anyone tells you like oh like easy easy setup uh 2020 uh 22 uh click here and then it's like a 44 hour series of videos on like how to set it up but um this uh, emulation station or emu deck uh group has come up with a script that they are regularly updating you just run the script it installs all the emulators sets all the paths you just dump the roms where they go and it just works and it's beautiful I did need a little bit of help because uh, my games that required um, BIOSes weren't running. So like I couldn't get Dreamcast run, couldn't get PlayStation run, and I'm like, well, it's got to be the BIOS. Put the BIOS in the right location, still wasn't working. Turns out, even though 7Z format is supported, uh, everyone in the forum was like, it's not a good idea because um, just of, you know, then it's got to unzip manually and then you're dealing with timeouts. So like just uh, extract the archive, it'll work. So I extracted the archive, fired right up. And they said, and here's another thing you can do. Uh, the CHD, uh, which is known in the arcade emulation community as compressed hard disk uh, uh, file format, uh, usually gets like a 40 to 60% compression ratio. So that way, like you can fit like a whole lot more games on your uh, storage. So I converted my, uh, you know, there's a lot of, of image file formats, uh, bin queue, you know, like dot image, raw, there's a whole bunch. So there's also a script where you just point to your ROM folder it detects the one that have like bin queues in them, converts them to CHD, and if it's successful, it deletes like the old uh, files to kind of clean it up. So that worked. Um, I did it as a test uh, with a handful of images. And then before my appointment today, I did it for a handful more images, including one that Kelsey will be proud of me. I picked uh, uh, Twisted Metal 1 and 2 uh, after uh, letting him know that I had not experienced uh, those gems. The best thing about 1 is the fmv endings okay there, there's it's not a, a great game just, like if you just want to play a fun twist mobile game just start them too okay good to know and uh i did uh uh just to make uh, chris uh happy or proud of me um i also did masters of taras kasi so that will be on there as well um but i'll be honest the thing i've been playing the most so i popped open you know like uh I popped open like a game or two on each system just to make sure they ran like, you know, Alien vs. Predator on Jaguar and, you know, Pokemon or, or something on Game Boy. And then I got to um, Super Nintendo and I've been saying this for a while. I've been wanting to play Final Fantasy 3. So I fired up Final Fantasy 3, uh, which I've played a bunch. The furthest I ever got in this game was on the Game Boy Advance version. Um, and I got pretty far. Like, I couldn't tell you like exactly, but like. I had Ninja. I was, I was, I was, I was, I was pretty far. And uh, so as I'm playing this, uh, uh, I'm remembering some things about it. And then like other things were like, oh yeah, I remember. So I'm, I, I, I made it to Figaro, met Edgar, uh, met his, uh, you know, heard the flashback about his twin brother, which I remembered. And then the castle shifts and I'm now in the cave, like, 
uh, you know, south of Figaro to kind of continue. So I'm still very, very early. Um, fun side note about Final Fantasy III. Uh, so Squaresoft released Final Fantasy III on the Super Nintendo, and then they just jumped all the way to Final Fantasy VII just to give the impression that it was like a long-running series. So that's a little fun little fact. Cat's canon. It yeah. was it was four <laughs> games better than the previous one they had. Exactly. It was like when Windows went from 8 to 10. <laughs> it's because it was four discs long. That's there, why there it go. got to be seven. Because, <laughs> you know, you had to count each disc as a game. Yep. <laughs> So, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Um, and like, you know, this isn't anything new for emulators, but we have, uh, since the screen is a 16 by nine or 16, 10 format, there's uh, uh, bezels. So we kind of get like a little bit of a, of a nice review there. I haven't played around too much with filters, like the CRT scan lines and stuff. I'm just kind of using it uh, default, but the save states, um, I still manually save the way the game wants you to, because like, I just feel like that's part of, you know, what the charm of the game but then after I do that, I just do a little quick save state, and then I load the game up and, uh, and load it in there. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, uh, I don't want to talk too, too much about it, because I really could just go on about it. Uh, a couple of more things I'll mention is, um, since it is, St- uh, I'm using the Steam OS, which I'm going to stick with, I have toyed with the idea of installing Windows on it, because um, you can, but then you're in kind of, you know you're on your own mode as far as drivers and updates and stuff. So like, I'm not going to go that route, even though I could do it on an SD card, I'm just going to stick with Linux and just, uh, and just go like that. Um, so, uh, but I did really want to get my Xbox game pass, uh, stuff that I have access to on the steam deck. So Microsoft has a supported method. That's like right on their support page. It says, here's how to do it. They give you a little disclaimer. That's like, this relies on some assets that are provided by the community. So just FYI, um, because Microsoft doesn't provide a download of Microsoft Edge as a flat pack distributable on Linux. So the community has come up with one. So it is my, it's legit Microsoft Edge. It's just not technically distributed by Microsoft. So they tell you that. So basically what you do is you, uh, uh, you set up the Microsoft Edge browser, you add it as a non-Steam game in Steam, and then there's a little script and some commands that you do to like give the browser access to the Steam controls so it has permission to like take inputs and stuff. And then you change the name and change the logo to Xbox Cloud Gaming. So when you launch this, all it does is launch the, br- the web browser and take you to the Xbox Steam Gaming website. I launched uh, Forza Horizon 5 and I played it. And you can def- it's this very similar to playing uh, cloud gaming on a console. It works. It looks really good. You can feel a little bit of lag, but I still won the race. So it's just one of those things like I'd use it in a pinch. You know, I'd, I'd jump into something, you know, maybe you know, grab a bounty, you know, like claim a thing or whatever. Obviously, you want to play your game on your hardware whenever uh, available, but uh, off to a great, great start. I do plan to start Fallout 3, um, but I'm, I'm really trying to stick with one thing uh, at a time. So I'm going to be... Uh, uh, keeping going with uh, Final Fantasy uh, six slash three uh, for the for the near future. I did want to mention a quick story about some Switch games that uh, I thought was funny. Uh, I told the story before about how my kids lost our copy of Super Mario Odyssey. Uh, something had happened recently that I was too upset about to talk about, but I'm I'm okay talking about it now. We put Super Mario Odyssey and Super Mario Maker 2 in a small plastic 
case that snaps shut to transport your Switch games. We brought it with us somewhere, and when we got home to unpack everything, it was not there. And I'm just, like, not beside myself, because at the end of the day, it's 30 bucks. but I'm like, we have lost Super Mario Odyssey twice. <laughs> and it just was, I was like, you know what? Like, it's... It's 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 our fault. We're the parents. We can't blame the kids for losing Switch games. That's what they're programmed to do. Uh, <laughs> so before uh, uh, Grey Ghost uh, continues laughing his ass off at my misfortune, let me tell you that I had to spend a few minutes in the minivan with my youngest the other day while my wife had some blood work done. And I decided while I'm in this car alone for like 10, 15 minutes, let me clean this car up a little bit. I know you know where this is going. Guess what daddy found? A little red plastic case with Super Mario Odyssey <laughs> and Super Mario Maker 2. Nice. And I got home and I said, listen, everybody, here's the rule. <laughs> when we go somewhere, one game card in your Switch and that is it. <clears throat> Over. And then when we get home, it goes back. So we are going to be as careful as possible but I, I i finally wanted to share that because uh I, it's been bothering me but now that we actually found it it's okay to laugh about it now <laughs> so uh i wanted to mention this i actually mentioned this on uh on the discord but because of all of the action in the uh triangle strategy uh, uh room i don't think anyone even responded to this i was so excited no, i missed this. i posted so I posted something that, and it was the day the Steam Deck showed up. It was like my Steam Deck showed up. I found out that I'm gonna get, and this is foreshadowing, but I found out that I'm gonna get to go down and visit a buddy. How could this day get any better? And then, <laughs> Axiom Verge one and two from Limited Run Games arrived at my house. So uh, it was just an awesome, awesome uh, like like day and a half, two days of cool stuff showing up. So. For those who have been with the show for a while, uh, I had one of the original Ship to Shore copies of Axiom Verge 1. Uh, my oldest, when he was very, very, very little, drove a Hot Wheel on it. And uh, for those wondering, this is not recommended and will result in the record skipping. Looks which, really uh, cool, though, if you get it exactly. on the player and the car stays in the same spot. Yeah. <laughs> and I know what you're thinking. Uh, the game kind of has glitches built into it right this is not the kind of glitch you're trying to introduce into this experience uh, just leave the hot wheels where they where they are so i actually sold the record as non-working a while ago uh to, and then like when when they made the purchase i was like i just want to make like triple sure you read that this is non-working and they're like no i appreciate it I'm gonna hang it on the wall i was like perfect that's like an exact good use case for this so uh, axiom verge uh, showed up axiom verge 2 showed up haven't cracked them open yet, but they're right here next to me. I'm uh, going to add them to the Discogs library. So that was an awesome surprise because I think I was expecting those. Uh, I mean, it, I was expecting them quarter three of this year. But I but wow. whenever it says quarter really? three, I don't think the first week of quarter three, right? Yeah. You think like later in the quarter. So that was awesome. Uh, so as far as what I've been watching, I watched Hustle on Netflix um, I'm not usually like a huge Adam Sandler fan, but with with drama, I'll give him a shot because I love Uncut Gems, and you know I think he's done some good things. Hustle is, uh, it's not Uncut Gems. It's not even that same style movie. Um, it's good. It's a it's a good sports movie. It's a good story of you know like a guy trying to kind of like re reinvent himself, rejuvenate his career. 
um, both you know Adam uh, Sandler's character and the player that he's like recruiting to try to get to the NBA. Uh, it was solid. Um, so if you like sports movies, and it's a, it's a pretty good feel-good movie. Um, I watched Last Action Hero, yeah. which is an Arnold Schwarzenegger a film. Great Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, film. It popped. It popped up on Netflix, and it's one. Of, I think I've told you guys this where. I've spent too much time recently, like browsing, and not enough time launching. So when I see something and anything in my brain is like, "Ooh, I'm interested," maybe in some time, what play? Just, just hit play, and that's how I got into trouble with that Steven Seagal uh, <laughs> uh, maximum conviction or whatever it was called. I didn't go back to it. So it does get you into trouble. I'm not going to say you're going to, you know, bat a thousand. But in this case, I got to see Last Action Hero, which is, is awesome. Is this the first time seeing it? No, no, I've seen it. Okay. Uh, I, I saw it on um, theaters when it, I was really excited for this movie when I was younger. Um, and uh, uh, I, yeah, I've seen it multiple, multiple times. And But it did kind of put me down that rabbit hole of like doing some Googling about like, oh, you know, the writer and how did it get made and like that kind of stuff. And I found out some pretty interesting things that Richard Donner, the director, wasn't actually like nuts about doing the movie. He was kind of like upset that he had that it was like an obligation type thing. But he had done Die Hard. And for the villain, he really wanted Alan Rickman because he, you know, did so good there. And yeah. Alan was like, I don't know, like it's a little, it's a little typecasty. Like I've done something like that. It's going to feel like fake. And Donner's like, that's the point. It's like it's like they're in a movie world. So like we should have characters like this. So they ended up going with Charles Dance, um, who a lot of people know from Game of Thrones. But what I found out reading up about this is on the first day of shooting, like Charles Dance found out that they like wanted Alan Rickman and like he said no. So Charles Dance showed up on the first day of filming with a T-shirt that says, I'm cheaper than Alan Rickman. <laughs> <laughs> so he's a good sport. Uh, very, very good uh, uh, English uh, stage actor who's done a good amount of film as well. But yeah, Last Action Hero is just always a fun time. And then my kids didn't watch the whole thing but they walked in kind of like during the funeral scene and uh they just got the biggest kick out of they fall in the tar pits and then there's like that big bubble yeah and and they were like what is that and i was like that's a fart <laughs> and then and they were just laughing and then yeah he, he gets out of the tar and he's like silent but deadly and then they laughed again so but yeah last action hero is always a good time um, I also watched Stranger Things 4, uh, which uh, I'm in the same boat as uh, Kelsey that I did not realize it was not the last season. Um, I, and I'm, I'm kind of that same way. Like, even though it's good and I'm glad that we're going to get more of it, like with Obi-Wan, where it's like, okay, limited series. I'm like, all right, cool, I'm in, and then it's going to be done. And then at the end of it, they're like, oh, like now they're thinking about maybe doing another season. And I'm like, that's not what you said. That's not what you said. You said one thing, and now you're going another way. So, I, I know. But I know there's the just so much money on that table, Bill. Yeah, there's so much. There, there's eight minutes in that fifty years, like you said, uh, that they haven't. Uh, That's right. There's yet. like this. There's this period of time where like Obi Wan was brushing his teeth. We haven't yeah. seen that part yet. Someone left a voicemail, and we don't know. <laughs> we don't know what they said. Right. I mean, he's it gonna... was Bail Organa explaining all the terrible plot points he wasn't supposed to point out in that right? voicemail. <laughs> So, uh, so there's yeah, so, there's got to there's be some more parkour we haven't seen yet. Oof. So but it's in the so, Riva spinoff. Come on. So I, I watched Stranger <laughs> Things four. I really enjoyed it. My wife wasn't nuts about it. Um, and uh, so afterwards we talked about it, and she was like, "No, like you're like there were some really." Good, so her thing was there were some parts that were really really good, and then there were just certain storylines. As soon as it switched to, she was like, "This storyline is bad, and I don't like it." And I was like, "Okay, well, 
you know, I agree so with you, but she only enjoyed watching Murray do Kung Fu on a plane, right? Murray Kung Fu plane was a phenomenal scene. And Murray as uh what's uh, Murray as Yuri. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Awesome. Murray. Like showing the ID, like for years, I'm like, what do they got Murray like speaking fluent Russian for? This is so weird. Like when's, is this ever going to pay off or is it just like a MacGuffin or whatever? And now we finally have this like enormous, awesome payoff for like Murray, like being fluent in Russian and like taking over as Yuri. Um, I thought that scene was, was phenomenal. Um, I wasn't nuts about, so hopefully this isn't spoiler alert. If it is, you can skip forward a minute. Um, I wasn't nuts about most of the Russian prison uh, storyline early on because I felt like it wasn't going anywhere. And then when you thought it was going somewhere, then it didn't go anywhere. It reset itself. Exactly. It was like, boop. So eventually they kind of got to a place where it made sense. (laughs) And then they reset it a second time, kind of. And then they reset it again. (laughs) And then the other thing that I wasn't nuts about is just the Mike uh, storyline where they were just kind of in no man's land forever. And then Elle goes back where, you know, she's been before. Like, so yeah, like I get what she was saying that there were like a whole bunch of parts to it that she was like, I feel like there's two, like there's two really solid storylines that I want to follow and the rest of it I don't care about. But it paid off because she got to see Eddie shredding some master puppets on top of Man. a trailer. <laughs> Man, that was awesome. It's all the, I mean, I'm, you, I'm, I'm on, t- I'm on Twitter a little bit, but I, I spend a good amount of time on TikTok, and the number of human beings that are just posting their covers of Master of Puppets is inspiring. Um, finding out all the little details, like it, it was Robert Trujillo's son that like recorded that, uh, oh. uh, that version of it for the uh, show, and there's a dude who like zoomed in on Eddie's the actor who plays Eddie's fingers as he's playing it. And he's like 12, 17, 15. He's playing the, he's fingering the correct notes because it <laughs> drive you crazy when like, you know, Marty McFly yeah. and it's like, Nope, that's not even close to Johnny B. Good. Right. So I like that there was some detail, uh, attention to detail paid there, but I, I really, really enjoyed it. I think it was a super solid season. I think more than any other season, there was, more explanation about the main villain than we've ever had before. They leave a lot yeah. in previous seasons to like, Ooh, maybe. And like, Ooh, we don't know. Oh, you figure it out. You know, there's all this stuff. And I don't want to go to like a blog for two hours after watching a show and figure it out. So it's nice that they really, really had some good explanation of the villain and where they come from and why they're doing the stuff they're doing. So I was very, very happy with stranger things Four. Um, Chris has uh, made his opinions clear on uh, his preference for film uh, lately, and that's he wants fun things, nothing too like heavy or like you know, depressing. <laughs> and I got to tell you, Chris, you need to stay far, far, far away from both the original and Spike Lee's remake of the South Korean film Old Boy. Uh, I don't Never know. Never heard of this. Okay, so Old Boy I, I'm is familiar, a, but I haven't seen it. Oh, man. So Old Boy is a 2003 South Korean uh, uh, action mystery film that has one of the... The reason I watched it in the first place, it is said to have one of the single best single-cut fight scenes in cinematic history. And after seeing it, it is impossible to argue that it doesn't. It absolutely does. It's an amazing scene. That, that's take. the same reason I watched They Live last week, actually. Oh. <laughs> the fight scene. Yeah, same, same, totally. It's an amazing scene. It takes place um, 
completely like you know uh, I don't know how you'd say it like like 2D like you're watching it you know just like left to right unfold in a hallway like Street Fighter or yeah something. exactly yep Street Fighter style in a hallway and it's the dude <clears throat> against countless enemies and he is armed with a hammer and he just slowly makes his way through this hallway and every time you think okay the fight's over or they have to cut at this point right because like somebody must be tired or need like a safety check and then and then it starts back up again and then there's just swinging and, and it really is incredible um so that being said right, okay. this movie Yep. That thing you just described, are you specifically talking about the original or the remake yes. version? Yes, the remake version does have the fight scene. It is not all in that Street Fighter II style. It is one take, which I'm sure is you know tribute uh, to the original, but it follows the path of where things go. So like it'll be sideways, and then it'll move over here, and then it goes down, and then people move here, and that so it moves around a bit, but it is one take. Okay. Um, it's a it's a uh, so let me give you the, the basic outline of the movie. There is a, a gentleman who is a, a bit of a bit of a drunkard. He's a salesman and he's trying to close a sale. And it's like, you know, he's at like a restaurant with like a man and his wife. And the man's like, you know what? Like, I'm, I'm going to give it to you. Like, I'm going to give you the deal. I'm going to give you a shot. He's like, yes. So then he. Uh, the man that he's doing the deal with like goes to the restroom and then he starts hitting on the man's wife and he's like you know like i know you're only with him for the money like why don't you come home with me type deal and then the guy comes back flips out at him and is like nope deals off you're done so the dude gets super drunk and like as he's going home someone escorts him into a motel and since he's super drunk he's like i guess i'll go in this motel so then he wakes up the next day and realizes that he's locked in this room. So someone has, and then, you know, they feed him and he's got, you know, things to do in the room and stuff like that. And this isn't a spoiler. This is very, very, very early in the movie. So someone has imprisoned this man in this room and keeps him in prison for this room for multiple years. So then he finally gets out of this room and he's trying to figure out who did this to me? Why do they do it to me? And try to find out, you know, the answers to those questions. It absolutely does not go the way that you think it will go. And it is not a happy story. So if it's, it's, there it is. Uh, I don't know how much I can say about it without spoiling it, but uh, I, it's very well done. And if you want to just Google the fight scene from old boy, you don't need context to watch a fight scene. It's just a fight scene. Do that. But I was curious about... I'd seen the 2003 original a while ago. I was curious about the remake because it was done by Spike Lee and the lead is uh, Josh Brolin. So good old Thanos. And uh, opposite uh, Josh Brolin is um, Scarlet Witch. Um, Elizabeth Olsen uh, uh, is in it as well. So um, she's very good. He's very good. Uh, Spike Lee is always great. Sam Jackson is in it, uh, which is awesome. <laughs> it's half the Avengers now. I know, right? Yeah. So, uh, uh, But yeah, it's very well done. But again... If you want something light, far, far, far away from this. But it is very, very good if you if you feel like uh, something a little bit heavier. And the, I'll, I'll finish up by uh, sharing that I uh, ended up getting a tattoo today. Um, it's I'm continuing the Star Wars arm. Um, we've been going back and forth with some ideas and kind of what we want to do. 
I wasn't totally sure what to do on the lower part of the arm, but I had a really solid idea what I wanted on the top. So my artist was like, let's just do the top and then we'll you know, fill in the other pieces and that makes sense. So it's pretty cool. Uh, I got Vader, kind of got like his hand coming out like a force choke. Death Star 2, which I'm a big, big fan of. And there's a little silhouette of Luke and Vader, like kind of crossing sabers in front of it. Uh, I will uh, share the uh, the pictures from the artist uh, in the Discord and on Twitter once he posts them. But very happy with how it came out. Uh, another thing I want to mention about my appointment, uh, we watched, because since I was there for seven and a half hours, we watched uh, Empire Strikes Back, just because why not? You know, we're doing a Star Wars tattoo. And then we just let it ride into Return of the Jedi, because, you know, why not? And then after that, he was like, do you want to watch, you want to stick with Star Wars? Like, no, let's change it up a little bit. So we ended up watching Beetlejuice, <laughs> uh, which which is shorter than I remember, because I feel like it was over before I knew it. And I was like, all right, like, what do we go to now? And we were, like, quoting Beetlejuice back and forth. We both love that movie. And he just kind of was browsing through all the movies that he has on Amazon Prime or whatever. And he's like, stop me when you see something you like. And like I was saying before, like when I see something that maybe I wouldn't have hit play on, but my brain is like, ooh, you're awesome. He got to Evil Dead 2. And I was like, Evil Dead 2. So put it on. And so speaking of Sam Raimi before with Multiverse of Madness, Evil Dead 2 is just a treasure. Um, and sometimes I forget that it's a remake of Evil Dead 1. I think <laughs> that it's a continuation, but like it really is just a remake. Let's do it of, again, uh, but, but sillier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we have 12 additional dollars from the last time we did it. So it'll be higher budget, still very silly. It's fantastic. Yeah, there's, I mean, what can you say about Evil Dead 2? It's still amazing. Um, and the last thing I'll say is uh, uh, I, I've had this flight credit from an airline for a while. It expires in about a month, and I wasn't thinking I was going to end up using it. Um, and then I got this email from them that was like, oh, like, reminder, it's going to expire in a month. And I'm like, you know, I've, I've kind of been looking around like, you know, like, is there a concert I maybe want to go to, you know, like fly in, fly out? And would I maybe go see a hockey game? No, the, play, the hockey's over. And uh, I was asking uh, uh, Single Banana, our buddy Rich, uh, if he would be around. And we were kind of like, you know, our signals were crossed for a little bit. But then he, he pinged me back and he was like, hey, you still thinking about coming down here? So we found a date that works for both of us. I used my flight credit. And a week from today, actually, I'll be flying down to uh, uh, to see Rich. And it's only I didn't I couldn't take any time off work. I don't have any more time to take off this year. Uh, so it's just going to be flying in early Saturday morning, flying out Sunday evening. And uh, I, I'm real excited. He's real excited. He said, I hope you're you're ready for a packed two days. <laughs> just lot, lots of stuff, lots of moving around. Hopefully uh, uh, have some uh, some fun times there. But I'm super excited. So, uh, so yeah, get to see uh, Rich because he's not able to make it to Retro World this year. Uh, we're still hopeful that some of our good buddies uh, are able to make it that we've you know seen before, or if we haven't seen you before, uh, would love to see you there. I'm going to be selling uh, at the Retro Worlds, or sorry, at the RF Generation booth. Um, I don't know if I mentioned this, but I've kind of gone through some of the stuff that I've held on to and realized that I didn't I didn't think I had that much, but as I go through, I'm like, man, I've got way more stuff than I thought that I would sell. I'm keeping all my 32X games and keeping all my silver box Nintendo games, but I would, I, I've got, you know, a couple like big jam pack boxes here, including things that like I had not realized. Have, I mean, at this point I shouldn't be surprised that things have ballooned up, 
but like I came across the thing, I looked it up, and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So even if I sell at a discount, I'll still be doing very well. So that'll be that'll be a fun fun time, and yeah, hope to see uh, anyone uh, who wants to uh, wants to meet up there. In the, that's uh, August uh, 26, 27 in uh, Hartford, Connecticut. So, uh, so that does it for my stuff. I know I had a lot there. There's a lot going on. Um, before we get into the main topic, which is uh, celebrating uh, the togetherness uh, of 100 episodes and how we celebrate that with cooperative games, uh, we wanted to give a shout out to uh, our patrons. Um, and I'm just going to read off uh, uh, the ones that we have with us uh, currently. It's Raleigh Fingers, Engineer Mike, Wempster, Zofar, Pam, Eric Escapade and our newest uh, being Tony W who has joined uh, we, he's been on Twitter uh, Twitter buddy with us for a while he's now in the discord and we are already enjoying uh, some some Lego and some gaming chat with him so happy to have him happy to have all you guys and if you, anyone wants to join the discord with us it's patreon.com slash collector throw in a buck and come and have some fun with us there so getting right into co-op games so uh, this is a to- we've talked about some co-op games a little bit before. I don't think we've ever done it, or at least we haven't done it in a while as part of the main topic. So I feel like co-op games are one of those things that everyone likes, right? Like everyone thinks co-op's awesome. Like there are some features that people talk about that, you know, oh, we've added PvP. And there are people, oh, I hate PvP. Or, you know, we've added this, we've added NFTs. Oh, we hate NFTs. But I don't feel like anyone's ever added co-op and anyone's been upset about it. You guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like it's just a feature that people like. So Yeah, I mean, what's better than playing a game with your buddy, right? And goofing off, having a good time. and Yeah. yeah not much. So uh, I remember really, really getting into co-op games uh, uh, over the years, so we'll, we'll talk about that. But we'll start with uh, Kelsey, since he has uh, such a vast background uh, in gaming. So... Do you remember what some of the first co-op games you played were growing up? So they definitely would have been NES games. It would have been stuff like Super Mario 3, mm-hmm. uh, Double Dragon 2, TMNT 2, uh, and my f- personal favorite on the NES spirit co-op, uh, Bubble Bobble. Oh, yeah. So it's, so it's interesting you say Mario 3 because you are playing the level together uh, just not uh, uh, simultaneously. Yeah, I kind of counted that one instead of like, because we definitely played the original Mario Bros. first, but that didn't feel cooperative. You're just both playing your own game at separate times. Yeah, like on the same but level. In, yeah. But in Mario 3, it's like if I beat the fortress and my sister dies, she can still get through that block that I destroyed when I killed yep. the fortress. Exactly. Very good. Yeah, no, and, and when you said, that's the what I have listed on my notes here as well, like NES stuff. It's because like that's what we had growing up. Like, yeah, my like, brother, my sister. I didn't mention like Chip and Dale as well. Yeah. We played that for sure. Contra, I played at some point cooperatively. Absolutely, like, there's absolutely. a lot of other ones. Yeah, so so I mean, for me, like Contra, um, uh, Legendary Wings was a big one that we played at the same time. Life Force. Um, so it was uh, Jackal. Uh, just a, a lot of these like little you know NES things. Um, it wasn't for a little while that I graduated to things like halo and gears of war but i feel like for i don't know if it was like this for you guys but for me i remember playing a lot of stuff co-op 8-bit and then getting to 16-bit and like there was a like for me it was a, it was you know altered beast and like you know, like a little bit of co-op there 
but I remember they're kind of it like kind of turned off for me and it became mostly single player things. And I don't know if that was just uh, just me or if you guys had that similar experience. So Chris, were you big into co-op early on or how did it kind of start for you? I mean, I guess some of my earlier memories were just some stuff in the arcade. Um, you know, I don't, you know, I can't pinpoint every game. Um, but I remember playing like the original Mario Brothers, mm-hmm. you know, where you're at the arcade where you're both, you know, playing on the same screen at the same time. And you're kind of, uh, it's co-opetition yeah. maybe, you know, <laughs> like to a degree. Uh, you know, you're kind of helping and sometimes getting a good laugh out of, of messing your friend up. But, you know, that was a really good game for that one. And I remember like Double Dragon mm. right, in the arcade, like playing a lot of Double Dragon. Yeah. That game was huge and uh, put a lot of tokens into that one. Um, as far as like the 16-bit stuff that goes, I mean, I, I, I think, uh, you know, for me, it was more competition. Mm. I think that was just because of like fighting games became I was just such say, a thing, yeah, right? At that point, for us, like Sonic One, Sonic Two, Sonic Knuckles, and Sonic Two was well, like, oh yeah, like someone could play Tails if they wanted, but it was I didn't really consider it co-op. And then it was Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter, Eternal Champions, yeah. So I think fighting games had a lot to do with that. It's a good point. Yeah, I mean there were some. I mean you know I remember playing, uh, you know Final Fight or whatever with you know friends but yeah no it just it was that golden age of street fighter mm. and that's what you wanted to do if you had a friend you wanted to play street fighter so yeah yeah, yeah. you know although so sometimes so i don't know i guess you could call some of that co-op right because you did you ever do that where like you'd you know like the next character you'd have to beat to go up the ranking you know to get to bison would be whatever so you'd just beat your friend mm. With that character that <laughs> oh, had that that was using that, that character, and then you could out. just move. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You would then you could move up to the next thing. So you'd kind of work in tandem sometimes to to get through and beat the game. I but definitely forgot about that. But you're right because the game too, just yeah. counted it as you beating that character, and then they were gray when That's you came right, back. Yeah. yeah. You, so sometimes you're like, look, you're going to take it on the chin for this <laughs> one, so we can get we can get to Bison. All right. You also said tokens, which, uh, and this is not a crack at your age because I'm right up there with you, but I, I distinctly remember it being all quarters before the changeover to tokens. And I actually, I'd like not to be like the, a complainy old man, but I'm like, I like quarters. <laughs> <laughs> when I was your age, we had quarters, not tokens. Yeah. I always remember like, um, some of the arcades I had were tokens, right? Like, uh, but, you know, like in all the other places that had arcade games, like grocery stores yeah. or, you know. The Neo Geo with yeah, the like, well, Yeah, it was quarters. Right. That was always quarters. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that was the tough part is, yeah, you would, uh, you know, you'd have to obviously spend those tokens at that arcade right. uh, or whatnot. But um, I do remember sometimes that would work out, though, because I remember um, like the putt-putt would have deals though right where you could get uh, a lot more tokens for your money than you would have gotten with straight quarters right. so yeah if you bought like a you know a, like 10 i remember do- yeah. you spent like 10 dollars and you'd get like 15 dollars yeah, worth of like tokens or whatever and, right yeah you get 12, 50 yeah i remember exactly that and we always like our parents would give <laughs> us we'd run to them like, oh we need more quarters and they'd hand us a single and it's like dad if you act now <laughs> 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 yeah i don't know if it ever yeah. worked but i remember that offer and like 
they're like those change machines. And I don't know, like, if you're too young, you won't remember, but like the, you know, like the ones that just like you put the edge of the bill and it sucks yep. it in, that was later. Mm-hmm. Like before that, though, there was this kind of change machine where it just had like this big metal slab and you like laid the bill out flat. Mm-hmm. And you like pushed it in. No, I don't. And I, then, I definitely had the uh, then, the bill puller uh, type. I'd never seen the one you're describing. Yeah, it was weird. Like you've had to lay like the dollar flat on it, mm. and you like shoved it in, and then your change would come out. It was kind of it was kind of weird. It's kind of like a laundromat kind of like mm. you know, the idea like at the laundromat where you put your quarters in, and you shove it, yep. and it like eats your quarters. Yep. It was kind of like that, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, jeez. But no, and back in the and, day. And another thing you guys both mentioned is Double Dragon, which uh, correct me if I'm wrong, if I'm misremembering, I could have sworn that Double Dragon one on the NES was was not two single player, player, right? It was the later, yeah. right, it was the later ones. One, I, one and three on the NES are single player. Really, I I could have yeah. I thought I had memories of playing three co op, but I guess I didn't. Oh, now I'm second guessing myself on that one. Double Dragon. Me, you know what it might have been? Was there a training mode that you could do together? Because there was a fighting one-on-one fighting mode. Yeah, that was in the first one. Okay, yeah, because I remember uh, when I had my Play Choice Ten, I had Double Dragon. I'm like, all right, here we go, and it's like, what, what, why, why, why can't my friend play? <laughs> it's just single see, dragon. Yep. If your friend had a Sega Master System, uh, yeah, they did have two-player Double Dragon. So, yeah, I'd go over to my buddy's house. We played two player double dragon. Smart man, Charlie Brown. All right. So, so yeah, so that's, so it seems like, uh, uh, that's a really good point on uh, the fighting games in the 16 bit. I mean, even though there was, um, you know, co op stuff, I think they were trying to, uh, the, the, the marketing was just a little bit different. And you could find co op experiences if you look for them. But I do feel like just so many things on the NES uh, uh, just had that co op option. Yeah, I, if I remember, like, to me, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but at least on the 16-bit side, if it was co-op, it was mostly just, like, a beat-em-up. Yeah. I, I don't remember, like, many other really co-op games. Yeah, like, when Bill just said he put NES stuff, like, my 16-bit's basically just, like, Double Dragon, Golden Axe, Streets of Rage, Battletoads, Final Fight. Like, it's all yeah. beat-em-ups, like, yeah. in Mario yeah. World. That's, like, the only other one. And Well, you said you don't count Sonic 2 as a co-op. I definitely did mm. because my sister was so much younger than me and not good at games and she always wanted to play. That was the only game I could play with her where she could legitimately play. I didn't have to like trick her with the unplugged controller kind mm. of thing. <laughs> and she could die as many times as she wanted and it didn't really affect me other than That's she'd cool. steal the odd ring. Yeah. Right. Very cool. Yeah. No. And then the other one I had uh, uh, listed down, um, uh, I lost myself here, was... Um, Oh, do, 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 do. where's my list? Oh no, I mentioned uh, 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 Life Force. Um, yeah, because yeah. that was one that that we really really enjoyed. Um, so so I mean, obviously we have um, the early generation of games with Nintendo and the 16-bit stuff before there was you know the internet and online. So and before the X band. Um, so we only <laughs> used to have Coach. Uh, sorry, Couch Co-op or standing next to your friend at the arcade co-op so and then when you know xbox live and uh you know the other forms of online gaming kind of came around you found out that there was you know games that had co-op but not local and it was like what is this and then it you know it it gained the moniker couch co-op so it became a thing for a little while that it's like oh like it has co-op but does it have couch co-op right so um and for me when i was younger 
couch co-op was very important because I saw other human beings a lot. I would, you know, hang out with friends from school, after school, like you'd be playing in a band or whatever, and okay, let's play some video games. And you'd want to sit next to them. As I get older, that's a lot more uh, uncommon uh, where I get to, you know, physically be with other people. So the online portion, like, is totally fine for me. But it's still really cool, you know, when you have someone over and say, all right, like, what can we fire up that, you know, can be on the same uh, screen? So, Kelsey, I know that you have uh, regular gaming sessions in person uh, with uh, with other people. But uh, what are your I mean, so I, I feel like I know where your where your heart lies as far as the online versus couch co-op. But can you just talk a little bit about your experiences with both? Yeah, I don't have a lot of experiences with online. I, I think like the only one that comes to mind, unless I'm forgetting something, is Diablo 2, uh, which I did both back in the day when it was current and the modern one um i got to revisit it when that remake came out i i, and I my friend was so funny because i was telling him i'm like i'd love to play with you guys like you know i love diablo 2 i'm not spending 80 dollars on a digital <laughs> game and so he wanted to play so bad he bought me a copy and just like gifted oh, wow. me the code for it so we got together once a week uh with a group of us and and played through it again and like my my goal was you know back in the day we beat the game we beat it on nightmare and never finished it on hell and like that's always haunted me like can we do that he's like he's like i beat it on hell but i never did uber tristram and i was like i haven't even heard of that but that was (laughs) that was our goal so we beat hell and i'm like sweet i did it and he's like okay i need it i need he like he was so crazy about getting through uber tristram that he's like i'll I'll grind out paladin gear for you mm. so that you can be a help to me to get through this place. And, wow. and we eventually did it. Um, but yeah, it, like I get the appeal of like, I, I tried to do Warcraft back in the day, world of Warcraft and just didn't click with me. Um, so, but, but I always understood the social element. Um, it just wasn't how I like to socialize. Yep. But when we did Diablo two, it was like during pandemic time mm and it was nice to see these people like see in quotes uh these people and uh coordinate like even when we weren't playing it was like hey i ground out this cool like sorceress like wand you need that and he's like no i already got one but if you find this gem i need that or this rune and so we were just like we were kids again we were talking about uh diablo 2 and making plans for how we were going to get through this tough challenge the next time we met up yeah that's awesome and and we had that uh uh, one or two sessions where uh you me and uh, was it adam and was anybody else played diablo one was it travis too i think maybe it was travis yeah yeah. but but we had a small group get together not diablo one sorry i'm thinking civilization oh right yes that that was uh uh yeah, that was um, oh man, put me on the spot. Bad with names. No, it's it was Jersey. Uh, it, it'll come to me. It's it's uh, it's my bad memory. But yeah, it's uh, no, no, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't but Travis. no, that that was Diablo two that we were doing together there too. Oh, that was two. I could have sworn it yeah, was one. That was two. Awesome. Yeah, you were you were nice enough to. Uh, I mean, I hadn't played in ages, and it was really more my brother's jam than my jam. So like. I, I jumped in. It was what what strikes what always strikes me about that game is like, how can a game that old with like so many other games that have like come after it, how is it still creepier and more atmospheric than like anything else that's happened after it? It's unbelievable. Yeah. Nothing else looks or feels like it. Really, really cool. So that was awesome. And uh, so uh, uh, so Chris, what's your uh, couch and online co-op experiences looking like 
Uh, and feel free to reference the awesome co-op experiences we've had online, or I'll just do it when it gets to me. <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, when I think couch co-op, um, I mean, yeah, that was obviously like the console experience yeah. mostly. I mean, don't get wrong, I play a lot of arcade games, right, side by side. But, um, like, that was just such a big thing for a while. Um, you know, like, even, like, oh, Nintendo 64 has four controller ports. Yeah. And, you yeah, know, that was... Jazzed, yeah. yeah, like, that got to be such a thing, right, for a while. That, um... That's just what, you know, it's what you did, because it's all you could do. But I do remember, like, early on, like, um, doing Doom co-op over, like, modem. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, a a dial-up modem and you could play doom co-op and uh like man that was pretty i didn't realize that game was even co-op i I thought it was just against each other no there's a co-op mode in the original doom so uh yeah played that with that was like one of my first probably experiences with thing like that and it was cool like oh man i can see you look yeah. how you're moving around you know it was like pretty amazing i got my kids in uh, uh i have this game later on in in one of my uh, mentions but first time we get the kids together and play minecraft and they turn and they can see you in the game and you're moving around like it like blows their little minds they're like you're in the game with me on another <laughs> machine yeah it's amazing right <laughs> yeah it was kind of like that it was kind of magical yeah. at the time right um, so, I, you know, as far as that goes, I mean, yeah, we, yeah, again, a lot of time just spend doing, a lot of time doing couch co-op just with friends. That's what you do. You go over to the house and you play yeah. games, right? So, you know, lots of experience and time doing that back in the eight and 16 bit days. But like I said, I think, you know, obviously you get older and you're just like, oh, I'm going to hang out at my friend's house or whatever as much and play games. But yeah, then the online stuff just kind of came along, and you could play, like, oh my gosh, I remember like, uh, like on the original Xbox, I played, I played so much of that, like Rainbow Six game, like the terrorist hunt it's on, my on li- Rainbow yeah. Six. It's on my my list, yeah, co-op terrorist hunt. We played yeah. on realistic with no respawns, so you had yeah. one life, and we would do. We had a couple maps that we really loved. You guys were nice enough to uh, join me for like a little uh, 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 nostalgia session of that game uh, a year or two ago. And uh, it was really uh, Kelsey being a great sport because it really is not his jam. But like just getting some friends into that game. I forgot that the Xbox Live Vision let you put your face on the camera so, or on the character model. So you kind of look like so I'm talking about even way before that. Mm-hmm. I'm talking like the original Xbox and uh, the original Rainbow Six. Oh, I, yeah, I, was, I was talking to Vegas uh, one and two. Yeah. Yeah. You're talking even earlier. Yeah. yeah. I'm talking like way at the beginning when there was like. Mech Warrior was the first Xbox Live game. Right. We were playing that one, and uh, and yeah, and then uh, after that, I played a ton of like the just Rainbow Six, mm-hmm. and uh, with buddies online because you could chat. You know that was really cool too because you had the voice chat yeah. with Xbox Live, and so yeah, you would just be talking like, okay, all right, you hold on, I'm gonna go move over here yep. and peek around the corner and. Um, you really had to coordinate because, yeah, like you said, I, you would play like on the hardest difficulties, so you could. It was like you had to be very careful, mm-hmm. or you'd be dead. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, even more time. I, I play 
tons of co-op now, but it's with weird internet strangers that I never <laughs> have to talk to. Because like in all the Souls games, there's tons of co-op, and I do it all the time. I love doing it, but I I kind of enjoy that part because I, I don't have to bother to talk to anybody. You've got emotes, yep, so you can communicate everything you need through that, and like. I, I don't have to talk to any weird strangers I don't want to chat with. I actually just remembered an online one that I totally forgot about until like this moment Uh, was Resident Evil Outbreak on the PS2. Mm. I I had a coworker who was really into it. We both worked at a grocery store and we would, we would connect up at night and play this game. And it was like, you're saying just emotes. Like there wasn't really any way to talk in that game. We didn't have headsets or anything. So we would play a couple rounds and then we would get together at work the next day and talk about how awesome last night was. And then we'd go and do that again the next night. Yeah, on PS2, I remember playing a lot of SOCOM when that was a new thing. On uh, You like get the network adapter, mm-hmm. and I'm going to play SOCOM with my little headset mic and played a lot of that. Um, yeah, I, I, I am glad, though, that there's a way with games. Yeah, I really like the i don't have to chat part mm-hmm. with the weird random strangers i can you know the idea of putting emotes in the games yeah. is uh is just a much better way to do things yeah there's a lot of uh, destiny activities i mean obviously that are cooperative but that require communication and coordination but there's a lot that just don't like strikes on regular difficulty you're just it's very you know you don't need to talk to each other so very commonly in lfg posts it'll just you know like need to regular strikes no mic you know so people just know they can jump in and like uh just you know no don't need communication type deal um one of the things i just wanted to mention before moving on um uh on couch co-op compared to online one of the first memories i have of like caring whether or not it was couch versus online um uh i was really i don't know why but i was really really excited for Bionic Commando Rearmed when it, <laughs> when it was announced for like Xbox Live Arcade or whatever they called that marketplace ages ago. And the reason why I was so excited for it was mainly because of the trailer. Um, it did a phenomenal job communicating what the game was, which I, I think trailers don't do a good enough job of that uh, all the time. Like a lot of time they'll just show some cg some you know some random stuff and it's like all right like what am i even doing so this game the trailer started out with like footage from the nes game and the music from the nes game playing it's to this day one of my favorite game trailers if you want to youtube it and the music's going and then like as he starts swinging it morphs into like the new version and the music like you hear like this like kind of like remix like heavy bass like modern you know like take on the soundtrack and then it's just you know like 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 bionic commando like like redone remastered and then it said two-player co-op i'm like ooh, like playing through it and then like they added bosses they added that they added I forget what they call it but like you know like in metal gear where there's like vr missions it's like oh there's like you know like the the uh the the test, you know, like the, the, all the levels, you know, get through like 900, you know, different uh, challenges or whatever they call them. Uh, but yeah, I remember being really pumped for this and then like thinking like, Oh, like, like when this comes out, like we got to play it. And then like me and my buddy bought it and we planned on playing it like online and it didn't have online co-op. It only had couch co-op. And I was like, Oh man, 
which I'd be happy to have this guy over my house, but like we worked at the same Best Buy, but like we lived an hour away from each other. But, uh, but yeah, like when you're lucky enough to, uh, you know, be in that situation, whether it's online or local and like the co-op thing that you want is there, uh, it can be pretty magic. But, uh, I do highly recommend just go check out that Bionic Commando Rearms trailer. I still really, really, really like that game a lot. So, uh, so yeah, so moving on to, um, I thought this would be a fun one to us uh, to talk about because we, we do think about co-op games as things that are really fun and positive and we all like them. But I think we've all played one or two uh, friend-ender co-op games where you just get frustrated at uh, whether it's the game mechanics or just the way the game is, uh, you know, if the experience like makes you feel. So I've definitely got a couple in mind. So uh, uh, we'll, we'll pop over to Kelsey this time first. So what uh, do you have any co-op experiences that made you not happy with the person you were playing with so i actually hate playing co-op on most nes games oh, okay like bubble bobble and mario 3 are maybe the exceptions but like contra battletoads double dragon 2 like life force like you name it i think they make the game less fun by a significant margin mm. like i like i can single life contra on my own I can't beat the first level co-op because there's just an extra thing that's distracting me. I also, hate that other player also, and those other it also bullets. Stops like if they're not far enough or if they're too far back. Like stuff doesn't Matt, happen the way you expect it to. Chippendale going up a vertical area with a partner. <laughs> one of you is gonna lose three lives. Like there's no way you can avoid that. It's impossible because mm. you're just scrolling the screen faster than the other guy wants to, even when you don't mean to. And uh, it is so frustrating. Mm. And yeah, it's I I don't think that's fun in most cases. Bubble Bobble is great. That's not an issue because it's single screen. You don't have to scroll anything. There's mm. infinite continues. So if one of you is dragging behind, you can share some lives. And then once you lose your last life, you're both back in it. Uh, so that I think that does it great. But yeah, almost everything else on the NES really kind of drives me nuts uh, doing those co-op. I'd much rather do them single player. Interesting. What about you, Chris? So, um, it's not a feature of just one, but there are several beat-em-up kind of games where you can steal lives from each other by beating <laughs> each other up or, and oh, killing man. each other. Or just friendly fire in general in a beat-em-up. Like, but, oh, you, go uh, ahead. Yeah, I was going to have the yeah, no, like, I mean, that's always like Which one do we hit each other in? Yeah. we got to switch it off. Yeah, that's like... The, the, this thing, like a lot of those games, you can right. You can beat each other up, so you'll be doing like the thing, and you're like, well, "Dang, get away!" You're like, quit hitting me or something, right? You, you're like somebody so, will not leave you alone. You're like, you stay yeah. on that side of the screen, I'll stay on this side rules. of the screen. You're like, you're top, I'm bottom, or you're left, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And then somebody always messes it up, right? They're like, they just they're playing by their own rules. Or you throw and... an enemy on the other side of the screen and it knocks you down, and then you get swarmed. Yeah. Uh, but like I said, the worst is the ones where, yeah, you can steal lives by beating and killing each other. Because that's what it turns into, right? It's like, oh, we're just going to fight and I'll take all your lives. <laughs> and, uh, and, yeah, that's those are good friend-ender uh, type of... You're like, I you just, you just point, like, I don't want to play with you. Yeah. Right? It's like, or, it's, I don't want to do this. Or even you just get so excited, you see food on the ground, you pick it up, and you're like, oh, I didn't really need that. My partner could use that a lot more. I'm sorry. Sorry. Oh, that's the worst too. Like when your friend is like, you're about to die, and they're pretty much topped yeah. up, and they'll take like the turkey. That's my piece. You're like, no, yeah. I need that. Yeah. 
I, I have a distinct memory of playing an arcade beat em up. I don't remember which one it was. I, I think it's. I'll have to look up the screenshot to like verify, but like it was the one with like the gangs. And like I can see the characters like in my with like the neon hair and like the like the like the shave sides of their heads and everything. But it was one that had you know friendly fire, whatever you call it. And he, I honestly don't think that he thought I was another player. I legitimately think that he <laughs> thought I was an enemy because he kept telling his friend, "Oh, I'm gonna get him! I'm gonna get him! Look, I'm gonna get him!" And, I'm, and I was a very very shy, very uh, uh, what's the word? Um, I, like besides shy, like I was very, I wouldn't say anything if like something was bothering me. I would just like, oh, I'll just hold that in myself. So like I was really upset because we didn't get a lot of quarters to play uh, games. And I was, this kid was, he was, and I'm like running away from him. And then I changed directions and he just kept coming after me and I wouldn't tell him, yo, dude, like that's me. Like stop doing that. So yeah, that is, that's not a good one. Uh, the ones that I had in mind, I don't know if you guys have played um, either of the overcooked games uh, a so they're, a little bit. they, they kind of have a cool premise and they can be fun. And it's all about that communication. If you're working well together. So basically you're short order cooks and things come up and they're like, okay, like we need like two pieces of lettuce and you just got to go get the lettuce and then put it on the plate and then bring it over to the server. And that's it. But as the levels get more complicated, it's like, all right, well you can't just pick up lettuce anymore. You got to go get a head of lettuce and you got to chop it. Uh, but there'll be like a separation on the level. So like one player has the heads of lettuce, the other player has the plates. So like one's got to bring one to the other so they can do the thing and then pick it up and then bring it back. But then the orders are coming in. So it's like, all right, I also need tomato and a hamburger and this and this. And it's just like, I, I need it right now. And like, everyone's doing the best they can, but everyone's just yelling at each other for what they need. And like, after a couple levels, I was like, I get the mechanic, I get, you know, like the premise, but like this is not <laughs> a fun thing. Don't like, don't play those games with your children. No, absolutely <laughs> not. Unless you're just okay with whatever, you know, the experience is. If you don't care about winning, you know, fine, but like if you care about the mechanics, so that was one. And I remember uh I want to say it's New Super Mario Brothers. Um oh, yeah. where jumping through another player is not an option. So there's collision mechanics on yep. the characters and on platformers with pits and multiple people trying to jump over pits, you are both intentionally and unintentionally killing people regularly. And it is not a fun time. So I don't know if you guys Agreed. had that experience as well. I've had that exact experience with that game. <laughs> I, playing with just two people, depending who you're playing with is fine. I played it with my brother and he thought it was funny to pick me up and throw me off the edges. So we started <laughs> killing each other and we'd never get anywhere. But playing with four people, yeah, somebody's just, every time you jump over a pit, somebody falls in it and they don't yeah. mean to and it gets frustrating. Uh, and the thing is, it's funny the first couple of times, but like, by the time you're 40 minutes in, it's like, all right, like, yeah, I've, I've had it with this. And you haven't got a power up in the last 40 minutes because one person keeps taking all four of them. Yeah. Or uh, do you ever have that friend that you're trying to play Super Mario 3 and they keep doing like the, the Mario Brothers <laughs> yeah. minigame and stealing your power-ups? Yeah. I need your cards, man. Yeah. Get those two lives. Yeah, yeah. I did have that one yeah. uh, friend uh, playing Mario 1 that just ran straight into uh, an enemy in level 8-3. Uh, eight, 
because he didn't realize that the shell <laughs> would just go straight through him. <laughs> did Did you have that friend who, uh, when you were jumping over a pit, that would pause it and unpause it so you'd fall down the pit? No, I didn't have that friend. That's rough. Yeah, they go, you're too far ahead of me. I want to catch up. And they just do pause yeah. and pause so you'd lose your momentum and fall down. So I don't know what my kids are doing uh, some of the time, but like a, like a lot of the time they're fine. They'll be in a room. They'll be playing the same thing, maybe a different thing, you know, one on the Switch, one on the TV, and they're fine. But every once in a while when like they just get in that mood where they want to annoy each other, we just hear screaming coming from the other room. And it's like, I know what's happening. Like one of them is trying to aggravate the other and he's just losing his temper. So like, guys, guys, do we have to turn it all off right now? So I've, I've can imagine them doing stuff like that. Like, no camera, like let me get the power up. I want it. <laughs> <laughs> we, yeah. Sometimes I'll try to play some of those games with Eden and, uh, you know, she's eight. So half the time she just wants to goof off. Sure. She doesn't really care if she actually does anything or wins anything. She just think it's funny. And I can do that for a while, but after a while, I'm like, okay, this is, I'm, I'm not eight. Same. This is not really funny for me anymore. Which is why they're so. good with Pikuniku 100% of the time, just playing with each other and goofing <laughs> off. And then when it's me, I'm like, okay, like, what are we actually doing? Well, we're supposed to get to that platform. Great. I'm going to go here. You go there. I'm going to go up there. And then, it's, Daddy, look at this. Wee! Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is cool. <laughs> we also have an objective. So, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. Sometimes goofiness is is great, but then other times, you know, now, now we got work to do. So sure. uh, definitely very cool. Um, so uh, we talked about uh, couch co-op. We talked about friend enders. I thought it'd be interesting to talk about any game experiences you had with co-op where they were completely different from the single player experience. Um, I know that there's some games where actually the co-op, uh, you know, campaign is designed to be, uh, you know, different uh, type of experience. But um, I actually kind of thought about this a different way, so I was curious to see if uh, you guys had any uh, had anything on that. So we'll start with Chris this time. Um, okay, so I can talk about a very recent one. And um, so, Elden Ring is a little different than some of the other Souls games in that um, you know invasions have been a part of it, right? Where you have um, PvP. Um, and to a degree, there were conditions where you could avoid it. Mm. There are ways to avoid it if you wanted to, but, um, it was much easier for that to happen. And now what they did in Elden Ring is basically, um, you, there's, you can't get invaded unless you co-op. And so the co-oping is what puts you in that state where you can be invaded. So, it is a very different experience than the single player because, you know, there you're all by yourself. You just have the enemies to worry about. There's no big deal, you know, but yeah, you can bring a friend or a couple in to help you, you know, with things. But now you may have to contend with, you know, another player that might be really good at that thing. So it really can change the dynamic a lot. And it's that calculus of, you know, is it worth the trouble or, you know, what do you want to do? But, uh, I would say that it does make it make you stop and think mm -hmm. and really change kind of the experience behind it. Very good. Yeah. Kelsey, what are you thinking? So the way I'm taking this question is uh, the thing that jumped to mind originally was racing games. Um, Ooh, I okay. love when racing games have co-op, uh, like most of the Mario Karts have it. Uh, Sonic and all stars racing transformed. is one of my favorites. Uh, Diddy Kong racing. 
and I remember playing all of these uh, like where it was it was fun for me to try and make my friend who maybe wasn't as good at it get first so my job wasn't to win the race it was to shoot the fastest CPU player and keep mm. them back so that they were the points leader at the end of the rounds um, and so we, we approached those games very differently because of the co-op mm. which um, I always had a really good time with yeah, that's actually kind of similar to uh, to how I uh, kind of saw that as well. Um, the the first thing that kind of popped to mind um, is uh, what I'm using as my background here, Portal Two, which is just a different experience when yeah. you launch co-op versus single player. But then I kind of took it a step further, and I started thinking about um, uh, when you play a, a, a sports video game, like oh I don't know, let's say hockey, um, you don't need to worry about being in position right because when you press a button the control changes to the player closest to the puck so you are every player in the co-op experience uh, you can choose to control a single player on that team so you are always the center the left wing the defense and whatever you now can't because before you could take your person out of position hit a button and you know now you're the person closest to the puck you're back in position and then you know you let your cpu player kind of take that back over you can't do that anymore especially if you're in like a five player co-op game uh with like so like everyone on the ice is one of the skaters not only do you have to make sure you're you know in good position uh with the puck you need to make sure you're in good position without the puck uh so it completely changes the the way of thinking the dynamic because you need to play defense if you don't have the puck, you need to get yourself open because other like when you're playing single player, you're carrying the puck and you're looking over and you're like, I sure hope that computer player, you know, gets to the front of the net so I can pass it to him. But it's such a cool, different experience uh, on the co-op side of things because you got to get open. And if there's a defenseman there, you actually have to try to get around him or tap his stick and move this way. And you can't count on the computer knowing you're open like it's this thing where you're like where you tap the stick and then you have to you tell your buddy like like now no 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 now and then so the, the pass comes in on time and then there's this other uh uh you know thing of like you get your guys at the point and they want the puck so they're trying to get open so do i have a shot do i got to go back to that guy so playing uh, a sports game uh, any team sports game i would imagine but like i have the most experience with hockey is completely different uh, in both the way you play and the way you think while you're playing in the co-op experience, which is really super interesting. I, I've got one more that I'd really like to yeah. to throw in here before we move on to is uh, the Dark Pictures anthology games that Supermassive okay. does. Yeah. So like if you've played Until Dawn by yourself, it's like a spooky, tense horror game. If you've played any of them after that where they've added this multiplayer component, where you can assign characters to different people and you're all playing in the same room. Like even though they're horror games, like I just finished the quarry with some friends. It, it's a horror game. It's, you know, there's blood, there's violence and stuff. I've never laughed so hard while playing a video game in the room with these people because we're, you know, this character's trying to get together with that character romantically, or it's like, Hey, we're going to screw over that guy. Like, don't tell him we're both werewolves now. And he doesn't know it. <laughs> and, uh, like, it's just such a different experience playing with other humans because mm. they're role-playing that character different than you would and making decisions mm. that affect, like we had one that like, we just couldn't help but laugh because 
out of the four of us, one player is like very serious, like I'm going to get this person to the end. They are not going to die. Mm-hmm. And then this other player is being a little goofy. He makes a decision that kills that other guy's player. And like, he had no say over that. Mm. And man, was that funny. Like we all could not stop laughing <laughs> that he's been so meticulous and careful. And his guy still died through nothing he could have done to change it. Uh, yeah, that would, that's definitely, definitely a different uh, experience playing with a, uh, with a group. I've, yeah. I've heard of them. I have never played any of them. They're really fun to co- couch co-op with, with a few guys. Awesome. All right. So those are uh, some differences between uh, the single uh, player and the co-op experience. Um, so now we're going to kind of go into our uh, our favorites, our, our best co-op experiences. Uh, if you got a really cool story you want to share, awesome. If you just had a bunch you wanted to rattle off, that's cool too. Um, so uh, let's go with uh, some of the favorite uh, co-op experiences. We'll start with Chris. So one that jumps straight up to my well, there's a few, but this one jumps straight to mind, and that is uh, like the Jackbox games where you can get everybody oh. together and you just have a bunch of friends in the same room on your phones playing like the really stupid ones where you can just be idiots and you're just trying to make each other laugh. And I don't really like the ones that are like very structured games. Those are like, "Eh, that's not what I'm looking for. Those are mostly competitive though. There's not a lot of cooperative ones there. There's a few where you can put together teams and then you got people on your team, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess you say that, but I mean the way we play them, nobody's playing to win. Yeah. Right. Nobody cares if you're winning or losing. It's just that you're just there to make each other laugh and to have a really fantastic time. And yeah, maybe there is a competition where somebody wins. Nobody cares, right? I mean, if you get some good laughs out of people, uh, that's all you care about. Um, We just played some of those a few nights ago when when the nieces and nephews were up. It was a pretty fun night. And isn't it funny how, like, years later, you remember some of the punchlines from, like, some of these experiences? I, I don't remember sure. what a Hitler toilet is, but I remember it being very <laughs> funny several years ago. Yeah, and uh, you learn who's really good at drawing certain body yeah. parts and things. Yeah, so. yeah. Also, uh, it's it's funny because uh, 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 Pam was uh, was at the house so with some of the RFGM crew for some of these things, and Pam is very... Uh, reserved and prepared and you know uh, in her videos they're they're you know produced and everything so it was a different experience for me just hearing her like belly laugh at like uh, all the silliness that was going on I, I no she'll straight yeah she'll straight cut up with the guys no problem yeah. so awesome. uh, yeah yeah that's a good one so those are good um rock band games are great for co-op i love the idea that you can select different difficulties for different players right so you know if you got somebody that sucks at singing but you need a singer and you just want to have some fun and you don't care right you're gonna laugh they don't have to hit all the notes and maybe you know the drummer is like a a pro drummer but i barely know how to play the plastic guitar (laughs) again right you just have a lot of fun you enjoy the music you you laugh a bit I'm glad the later games kind of made them where you couldn't really fail, right? You could just turn off the yep. stupid failure stuff. Because nobody wanted that in the first place, yeah. right? They just want to hear the music, goof off, and have a good time. And uh, and that was 
I think that's still a great draw for those kind of games uh, to be able to do that. And, um, you know, and again, I'll just go back to kind of like, I, I love the souls co-op experience for things that I can play when I know nobody's online, uh, anytime I want, and I don't have to talk to any of them, but I can just enjoy <laughs> playing the game for a little while whenever I want to. So those are some Very for cool. me. Good ones. Very good. Kelsey, what do you got for us? Uh, so metal slug, any of them really, but I'll just say three. Um, not if you're going to the arcade to stick quarters in because they're very mean games. But if you own the arcade or you own the home version of them and you can just hit start to like rego when you die, then they are very very fun because mm-hmm. they're they're pretty long stages, but man, they're really goofy. They're fun. They got great power ups, great uh, animation, mm-hmm. uh, really really good. Um, we we were kind of bashing on beat-em-ups earlier uh but the new tmnt the shredder's revenge has some really cool co-op stuff in it to make it more fun to play co-op so like in the old ones you pick up the pizza and whoever gets it gets it they have double pizzas in this one that fill up everybody's health so if you grab a double pizza you're all full health all of a sudden so it's awesome uh you can revive the partners when they get knocked down i know a bunch of other games have done that like castle crashers and scott pilgrim and stuff but it's cool to see here too uh, you can do this like high five with another teammate. And if you initiated the high five, you give them a couple health points from your meter to theirs. Mm. So you can boost up when you're your buddies. Uh, you've got team attacks where you can like throw your turtles at each other. You can both hit a bad guy from either side. So they really did a lot of things to make it more fun to play with friends. And when you play with four to six people, you're implementing those kind of things pretty often, I think. Mm. Uh, it's pretty cool. Um, my daughter and I have been doing some, a lot of co-oping in the last few years. And a couple of our favorites are Luigi's Mansion 3 mm, and uh, Sackboy, right. A Big Adventure. Uh, both of them, just, like Luigi's Mansion does the thing that I hate in co-op games where it's like, you can't play co-op until you get to this part of the game though. Yeah. It's, uh, I forgot Luigi is gated until you yeah. unlock him, right? Yeah. So, so that sucks. It's not deep into the game, but like when you have a six year old, you know, they getting two to three hours into the game is a long freaking yeah. time to get to yeah. that point. Everything after that, fantastic. Loved it, though. Uh, and Sackboy, like, uh, is definitely not something I would have played by myself, but, man, we've put hundreds of hours into that game because wow. of all the costume customizations. She's found uh, levels that she really likes that we replay because they've got, like, music in them or some funny little gimmick to them that she likes. So we do those ones a lot. Um, I really, really miss and liked the old uh, Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance games, uh, which are kind of the same style of game as a Diablo, but very structured and story-focused instead. Uh, so those are really fun to play co-op. Uh, the most recent thing I played like that would be the Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, mm. uh, which is super fun to play with some friends. Uh, but my favorite co-op game ever, and I'm going to start banging this drum more often because you guys were surprised last time i brought it up but buster bros uh the arcade game uh love it all, all the same reasons i love bubble bobble it's like single screen you know what you're doing it's really simple and it's just fun and addictive just popping bubbles for you know 30 minutes with a buddy that's awesome that's a, that's great stuff you had several uh that were on my list so i'm glad that uh we had a little I, bit of overlap there. i didn't say portal 2 because i know you're gonna say it yeah. So, but Portal Two as well. I loved Portal Two. So good. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh, so just some, some quick ones to pop through for me. I've mentioned Borderlands before. I really adore that co-op experience at the beginning of Borderlands One. 
Uh, Borderlands 2 was great. I just didn't have that, like, you know, it may might just because been because I had already had that, like, initial magic of, you know, co-op with Borderlands 1. But 2, it was every bit as good. Um, I mentioned this before when uh, Chris was talking about the older Rainbow Six games, but Vegas 1 and 2. Uh, co-op terrorists on unrealistic with no respawns is one of my favorite things I've ever done with other people. And it's co-op versus um, the environment. Um, so it was essentially your team spawns in and you just have to go through this map and just kill every, uh, you know, take down every terrorist that's on the map. So but, I know that game is, is not technically, it's literally co-op yep. when I played with you guys, but I was so bad at it. It just felt like <laughs> I was fighting everything and I had no friends. So I really <laughs> did not think of that game when you said co-op games. It just did not spring to mind at all. Yeah, yeah, because it's because it's us versus everyone, and uh, like I, you know, the thing is, there's there's not a ton of games that I feel like get just exponentially better when you crank the difficulty up a hundred percent. Like they get harder, they get more frustrating, they may become more rewarding if like you get really good and like you you are able to do some things in it. But I really, really feel like. Uh, co-op terrorist hunt because there's no margin for error like you you died you're dead and like now like you gotta wait till the round's over so everyone had to be spot on it's one thing to turn like you know call of duty modern warfare up to all madden difficulty and like you have to do it yourself it's another thing when it's like all right guys which it's maybe like one of the precursors to being you know how much i love destiny is like when you're raiding it's like all right guys you're uh operator you're a suppressor you're going to go here. I'm going to do this. Who's got the well? You've got the well? Okay, who's got the bubble? Bubble over there? Great. You got Curious on? Okay, you got Curious on? Okay, great. Go. And that's how, like, co-op T-Hunt was. It's like, all right, guys, we're going to open up in here. There's going to be one on the left. You got that guy? Great. Who's going to smoke bomb the right? You got it? Great. Who's going to grenade the middle? You got it. Once we're outside, who's going upstairs? Who's going downstairs? And you would do it, and you would get, like, a little bit further each time. But, even, but then there'd be runs where you didn't get that far because it's so based on execution, right? And it was just so much fun. And you reach this point where, I don't know if it was a glitch in the AI or whatever, but like there was this ladder that the terrorists would always come down uh, regardless. Like, uh, like so, and we called it the laughing spot. And you would see them coming down the ladder and be like, boom, dead. And then bottom of the ladder. And then you'd hear like that, like, oh, like, what was that? And then you'd see another one coming down, boom, dead. So we just had this spot where we'd like pile terrorists up like at this ladder because they wouldn't stop coming out, uh, which was great. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's one of my favorite uh, co-op uh, experiences. And even though we like fell in love with one, we did play quite a bit of Rainbow Six Vegas 2 when it was out, which if you remember was why I was really excited for Rainbow Six Siege which is that right. it is a team of people against another team, whether it's like people or, or computer uh, controlled. And it's just one of those things that like, if it was a different time in my life where I could dedicate, you know, like time to, to, you know, to that game. But uh, I'm happy with the co-op experience that I have in destiny. And uh, I just haven't, you know, jumped into siege, but I, I do think about it sometimes. So maybe I'll, maybe I'll give it a go. Cause I think it is, some operators are free to try so i think it is something you can just fire up um, i wanted to mention far cry 4 that chris and i uh, were both very excited to play together and we did some good amount of co-op uh what, what do you call it the the base like bases where you clear out the the bases or the yeah. or whatever 
Yep, yeah, mark people. Yep. So and, you, and it, yep. it was great because in the uh, single player, you could mark someone in, in in some games. Like you can mark people and then kind of just pull a trigger and then everyone, or sorry, like hit a button and then everyone on your team kind of fires at the same time. There's just something magic about like, yo, you good? Yeah, I'm good. And like you could see the little eye icon when you, so you know your buddy was looking at that guy. So I'm like, oh, I know his crosshairs on. So it's like, Chris, you read it? Yeah, on two, one, two, and then you both shoot. It's just, it's just different. It's just fun. You never, all right, you never played um, Ghost Recon Wildlands, did you? I played Wildlands, and that's actually on my list here. I didn't play uh, Breakpoint. Oh yeah, Breakpoint's no good. We, pl- okay, we played but... Wildlands together for, briefly. Uh, and yeah. you said like, oh, like whenever you want to do Wildlands, let me know. So I yeah, that's a really good you one. Do have a? It's an enormous map with way too much stuff to do, which is a good and bad thing. And you can have that similar to a co-op experience as a single player because all of your team, you mark people and you hit a button and everyone fires, even though they're not real people. It's not as magic as having another person do it, but it's very close to that experience. Yeah, but yeah, that that is a very fun, very big game with a lot of ground to cover. If you want to, uh, yes, it's everything. a big game. Very, very big. Yep, yeah, that's that, that that was on my list as well. Um, I had Rock Band on my list. Chris mentioned that. I had Castle Crashers on my list, which my kids love. Uh, Kelsey mentioned that. I actually had Marvel Ultimate Alliance on my list, which I had a feeling Kelsey was going to mention part three. Uh, I had only ever played one and two. I've been recommended part three, but that was a big part uh, of our rotation. And uh, the last one I'll mention that no one has mentioned before uh, is one that is a four-player co-op game, players versus environment, that was very, very popular in the group of uh, gamers that I played with when I was working at Best Buy, and that is Left 4 Dead. Uh, This is a phenomenal cooperative mission-based first-person shooter where you have different characters uh, that have different personalities, different voice actors, and there are uh, regular old zombies. There are specials that have, like, kind of, like, ultra powers, like the boomer who, like, you know, explodes and infects you and the almost like the Resident Evil 2-style liquor with, like, you know, like the tongue uh, attack that's happening. But your basic goal is to get from here to there and escape on the helicopter before you're overrun by zombies. And these aren't the slow-moving zombies from most movies. These are the fast-moving zombies uh, from that one movie. 28 um, Days Later. Exactly, yep. Uh, and uh, what was the one with Mackay Pfeiffer in the mall? They moved pretty fast in that one. Was that Dawn? That oh, was the, it's been the a long newer time Dawn? This, you know, I think yeah, right. which, which, whichever one that Mackay Pfeiffer was with in the mall. And Ving Rhames was in that one. Yeah, that, that was, was another it. one yeah. where they moved very Got quickly. It. But yeah, it's uh, I really, really, really enjoyed that game a lot. I'm pretty sure we played that on the 360. Um, I ended up getting it on PC years later, and it's still good. It's still a fun game if you can find people to play it. But yeah, just one of those experiences, and that's co-op only. I think there might be a way to play with bots, but I can't imagine that that would be very much fun because there's there's portions in that where it's like, you know, like in a lot of games where it's like, all right, the enemies are coming soon. Set your traps and get ready. And you kind of got to like prepare a great big area for just like this crazy attack that's about to come in. So, yeah, couldn't couldn't let it go without uh, mentioning um, Left 4 Dead. 
Uh, I don't think you guys have played that, but I'll give you a quick chance to, to chime no, in. No, it's one of those games where I, I heard all the hype, but yeah, just the format of the game didn't appeal to me. Right. And, and to be honest, Left 4 Dead, I loved Left 4 Dead. I played Left 4 Dead 2 at like a like a like a retail trial event where you had to kind of like do some demos and it was cool it was like oh they added this they added that they got different people uh for some reason it just did not click at all um i still enjoy i went back and i played the first one after like playing that the demo of the second one and i know there's a bunch of other games that are kind of in that same vein like i think killing floor is like that Evolve, it, Titanfall. There was a yeah, few. The Predator yeah, there's a game that's out hunting yep. grounds. Yeah. There's a bunch that have kind of like followed that formula. The and, uh, Friday Thirteenth, Dead by Daylight. Yeah, they're, they're Dead by Daylight. Now. That's the one. I, yeah. That's the one I couldn't remember. Yeah, Dead by Daylight. So yeah, definitely a definitely a cool type of experience. If that sounds like it's appealing for you. Um, so uh, cool. So um, I had one kind of silly question in here uh, that I thought might be funny. Um, these are co-op games that people forget have co-op. Um, a, f- a few came to mind when I had this. Um, I think we started with Chris last time, unless I'm misremembering. So let's go to Kelsey. What game do people forget has co-op? I don't have a good answer for this one, unfortunately. Um, Is there yeah, a game that you forget has co-op? Because you just always play it single player? NES games. Like when you tell me Contra mm. or something like that, oh, okay. I never go to co-op in my mind. <laughs> ever. Because I hate it so much. When you, you're not like, you're, you're not a you're not a select starter <laughs> no and like battletoads is another one like i know it's technically a multiplayer game i mm. cannot stand playing it that way so i never think of it that way interesting i mean i definitely have some of the same frustrations as you with specifically with contra with like not spawning things and like messing up the timing Man, um, you know what the worst is when you when you die and you're waiting to respawn and your partner moves you in a weird spot and you just like fall in a pit or something. Just keep falling over <laughs> yeah. and over, like on a waterfall level or something. Yeah, and you can't stop because you yeah. keep going. You're There's like, nothing you can do. Move, you, yeah, move. jump, jump now, jump. <laughs> yeah. You're like, what? What's happening? And you're like three lives <laughs> down by then. Oh, that's awesome. All right, so so Chris, what game do you forget has co-op? And then you see it in the menu and like, oh yeah, forgot you had co-op in you. <laughs> well, I didn't forget it, but. Kelsey obviously did, and I wanted to bring it up, and that was the original Doom. I mean, Deathmatch got to be such a highlight. Like, people talk so much and played so much Deathmatch. I think people just forgot that you could just go through the campaign and do co-op in Doom, and it was a lot of fun. Um, The original Doom is a great game, and being able to play it with friends was a lot of fun you know right beside you know whether you're right beside them or you're you know doing it over the phone or whatever the case is i mean um yeah it's a lot of fun i don't even know if like the xbox live versions of that it has the co-op i have no idea i've never tried it i honestly don't know i i believe i own a couple when they were like just very very cheap on some sort of sale so i could i could check and get back but yeah i I don't know. I, I own, yeah, I think I own too. Like, same thing, like, they were a game with gold or I bought them cheap or something at some point in time. But, uh, yeah, no, the original Doom. They were a lot of fun. They were really good because that was before you had to bother to look up or down yep. in a shooter. It's so you could just strafe with, everything. Uh, if you right? were on a higher level, it was like, oh, the bullet's going to go there. <laughs> yeah. There, there was a mod for the original Doom. Uh, I want to say it was called like Op- OpenGL Doom or GL Quake. Or, oh, that was Quake, obviously. But like there was yeah. some mod that added the WSAD uh, and mouse look so you could 
legit look oh. around. Um, that was kind of the great thing, though. You it, just, like, was, point in the general direction. But that's the thing. Like, it was kind of cool to be like, oh, like, this is, this is, like, the next step, but, like, applying it to the old game. But, yeah, like, there's something just charming about your gun pointing, like, at the ground and then just, like, it going up and, like, hitting the, the imp, like, on top of the tower. Yeah, and I don't even remember. I mean, you know, that was such a genre. There was games like Rise of the Triad and... Uh, um, Duke Nukem. I don't know if those had any co-op in them at all. I don't remember. Yeah. But yeah, I remember doing it on Doom quite a bit. Yeah, and and uh, so for the ones that I had mentioned here, and these aren't, I don't think these are ones that people forget have co-op. This is more like I forget they have co-op. <laughs> but like, uh, Callahan will be like, hey dad, you want to play Minecraft? I'm like, oh yeah, like you can you can play that together, oh, yeah. right? Because I just think of Minecraft as you're going to jump in and do a thing, but it definitely has, uh, has co-op in it. And he asked me a lot. And same, just like you, I'm like, listen, if you want me to jump in, if you have a task for me, go cut down some oak, gather me some birch, I'm your guy. But if we're just futzing around, like I'm not going to be helpful or useful for you. Um, so another one that I, I've mentioned before, hockey, but like I feel like people forget that there's co-op in sports games. Because just like fighting games, they think oh, it's me versus this other person. So a lot of people just forget, like, no, you can be two people on the same team on, you know, uh, in the sports game. Um, and another one that was what Chris alluded to is I was looking through some of my uh, big box uh, PC collection, just kind of like, you know, reminiscing about system requirements where it's like four gigs of RAM and eight gigs of RAM. And a lot of these, it's like, you know, TCP IP network adapter for for network features. And I was like, man, people forgot. Or I, I think people forget that like before like all this structured online gaming there were ways to just connect to other people and play a game together on the computer it was very very big but it was very much DIY uh, like getting your connections set up and connecting uh, your TCP uh, IPs uh, together yeah I, yeah I think Doom didn't even use TCP IP I think it was um, like basically like some kind of like custom thing or novel netware kind of thing or something i i just remember it was not uh i don't think it was just a standard yeah. ip based stuff oh, yeah. and that was like same thing like command and conquer it was like that it had its own i was just was, thinking of those you know. kind of games like Command and conquer and starcraft and, and dune where they're like cooperative at first because you're like there's a way stronger cpu over there but then at some point you know you have to turn on each other <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah Good stuff. All right, so I, I think uh, we got through. Uh, uh, that's our silly question. Um, so just we're gonna wrap it up with some honorable mentions and same thing. If you got a fun story, feel free to share. But otherwise, you can just kind of rapid fire. So we'll go to uh, Chris this time for uh, anything you just want to mention as far as co-op stuff that's worth a look. No, I mean I think you've hit a lot of them. I I, I wanted to bring up Far Cry because you know we goofed off and had fun with that one for a while. Um, I. You know, I wish Far Cry 5 hadn't lost me, and I've not bothered to touch 6, so I have no idea if it's any good, bad, or otherwise. Um, but, uh, you know, anyway, 4 was good. I mean, I had a good time with that one, and um, I like those kind of experiences where you can have a good time, and uh, people can just hop into your game, or you can hop into their game, and uh, it's not a big hassle to set things up, or, you know... It just need, that's it needs to be pretty easy drop in drop out kind of stuff um, for sure, but um, yeah, I, I 
as far as that goes, you know, I would, I would just go back to some arcade games that I had a lot of fun with. And I still, you know, I'll go to my buddy John's house and he's got, you know, uh, uh, a retro arcade machine. It's just a bunch of emulated, like MAME and stuff on there. But, you know, we fire up games all the time that are two-player. We really specifically go through and look for those that we can play. And he, like, he showed me one the other day. I can't even remember what it was called. I'd never seen this <laughs> game ever and we played all the way through it, awesome. and uh, it was it was weird. Uh, I had never heard of this thing, but he was like, "Oh, I was tried this out, and it's like kind of a scary Halloweeny kind of theme to it." And uh, I don't know, but those are just kind of weird things you can jump into, and it's you know two players side by side. You cruise through the game, and you, who cares how many you know virtual quarters it costs you to play, yeah. and you can just have a good time with it. So. Yeah, sometimes it's fun just to kind of peruse the old MAME library and see what happens. That's awesome. Yeah, and, and I know that there is a way for you just to filter it, and you can choose a bunch of things, you know, like uh, 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 developer and, you know, like number of players and stuff like that. Um, there's actually a, uh, a link on the Hyperspin forums that has every month when a new MAME set comes out, they come out with this zip file uh, of all the uh, the database, uh, the XML file um, that basically tells the emulator here's all the games and they're pre-filtered so at first i used the full uh, xml uh, but then i realized like man there sure are a lot of different mahjong games and you know just different gambling <laughs> simulations so the first one i went to is uh full no mahjong i'm like oh cool so it's a little bit cleaned up and then my kids started cycling through and not to get too uh, graphic, but there are certain things you don't want kids looking at in the realm of arcade games. So then I switched to no Mahjong, no gambling, uh, no adult. So, okay, great. Now it's even cleaner. But what's cool is you can have multiple XMLs and then just switch between them. So if you so just now want Bill to... can have his adult games back. Adult games with Mahjong that are two-player. So <laughs> you guys can grab one of those XMLs and, and use that. So, yeah. But, no, some, some good stuff in there. Uh, so, Kelsey, is there anything you wanted to uh, shout out that we maybe didn't get to? Um, yeah, just a few beat-em-ups that I have soft spot for. Uh, those little Konami ones like TMNT, Simpsons, X-Men. Mm-hmm. I love those. You know, they're clunky and old now, but they're still a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, but... Also in the realm of beat-em-ups, uh, we didn't talk about uh, Guardian Heroes, which is mm. super fun, and you don't, you can't hit each other. You've got, mm. you know, multiple paths. You've got uh, XP and levels. You've got like Street Fighter input moves. Like it's really solid. Multiple paths you can go through the game too, uh, and kind of in that vein, uh, Dragon's Crown. Uh, they go like full mm. fantasy, but it's like four player co-op uh, beat em up. Same thing where you can like grind for loot, level up, love that kind of stuff. Uh, and it gives a lot of replay value to them too. So yeah, just uh, like I, I wanted to come back around on beat em ups because we were kind of mean to them earlier, but I do love, <laughs> I, even those ones we were thrashing on, like I, I do enjoy playing them single player too a lot of times. Awesome. How about the uh, gauntlet games? Dark Legacy. Yeah. I don't have a soft spot for those. I find them really tedious. I remember digging uh, Dark Legacy or Legends uh, or Dark Legacy when they were in the the arcade, just because you could like save your progress and like go back to it, and like it wasn't all gone. Yeah. So I thought I found that that gimmick. I don't know if a gimmick, but that feature uh, uh, appealing. When we we had 
when I had my store, we had a God of Legends uh, cabinet in there for a while. And we had a guy come in who remembered his code. Like he just walked in the store, didn't know we had it in advance. And he's just like, whoa, put in his code. And he's like, I'm a level 70, like green sorceress. <laughs> Uh, but the thing I only remember most about that machine is like the track sound was so annoying. It was like, mm. have you heard of our sweepstakes? Win oh. a t-shirt. <laughs> like it was really, <laughs> you're in the wrong store. If, uh, if that's your track sound, <laughs> <laughs> have you considered downloading the, uh, <laughs> oh. why don't you just tell me yeah. the name of the so, uh, I mean, we, we, we mentioned most of the ones that I kind of had on my list here. I'll just mention a few. Uh, this is not one that I play, but I know it's very popular, and a couple of friends of mine play it. So I'll just throw out Warframe, um, which is a, a third-person uh, multiplayer uh, co-op uh, game. Uh, we did end up mentioning Wildlands. Uh, so uh, uh, there's also Pikuniku, which we've talked about uh, recently. I specifically did not mention that game, you jerks. <laughs> And then uh, Sea of Thieves, which my middle guy has been enjoying. He typically doesn't play with other people, but it is mostly a, a co-op, like where you jump into uh, a crew, as it were. Uh, sorry to bring up pirates, uh, Kelsey. I know it's solely uh, a good thing right at the end. I know, right? It's we're almost done. And then one that uh, my kids really, really, really enjoyed and and played really just a ton of, played the heck out of it. Uh, Yoshi's Crafted Worlds. I wanted to mention um, that they can play uh, together as different colored Yoshis and just be flying through a level, making cute sounds, discovering things, you know, working on stuff together. And it didn't seem like they were interfering with each other in the same way uh, uh, when you talk about like a new Super uh, Mario Brothers uh, type experience. So yeah, that's uh, those are my little honorable mentions there. And unless we have anything else, uh, I think that's all we have for you guys today. So we got you. Uh, we got it in there under the 245 mark, uh, which is uh, pretty pretty good for us. Yeah. So we'll we'll do our best to uh, respect your time uh, in the future. We'll see if uh, this can be a trend. Um, but yeah. Uh, so again, I want a, a big thanks to our patrons uh, for uh, always supporting us. Uh, happy to have you guys in the Discord. We're uh, patreoncom slash collectorcast uh, to throw a buck in and hang out with us in there. Read some Batman, watch some movies, talk about those. And we have um, uh, my socials. You got me on Twitter, Bill underscore McGee. And uh, Chris runs the CollectorCast Twitter account. I think that's mostly where he's at. Anything else going on with you, Chris? No, working like a dog. Hoping to play a little bit more when I get a chance. But uh, enjoying the the uh, discord talk i'm glad that we have that little space over there so yeah feel free to hop in i tend to pay that a little bit more attention than some other places uh, but it's a good spot to hang out and chat with some good folks awesome and then kelsey where can folks find you anything cool going on uh, just on twitter at kelsey polnick um nothing too interesting right now just i don't even think i've posted much on, on twitter for for a while i've been kind of He's back on that lately. I still working hard on your book still. Uh, no, that's been kind of stalled for a bit, but hopefully next week we'll we'll get kicking up on that again. I, st I still appreciate the occasional uh, mention and like uh, from Kelsey on Twitter, since I have uh, notifications turned on for all my close friends. I'm always looking out for for Bill stuff. <laughs> to take it. Absolutely, I, I love my uh, Sawyer uh, meme today. <laughs> <laughs> 
always solid. So, uh, so yeah, so that's all we got for you. Um, if we missed anything, you want to talk other co-op stuff, uh, hit us up on uh, one of the socials, the CollectorCast Twitter account, or any one of us. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. Hate's a strong word. Hate's a strong word, but yeah, hate. Hate everyone.